Listen up and scoot close to your host with the most Chris Smith as he boasts, we toast as we roast Any little problem and I'll fix it in post Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's daddy Spitting comedy magically Scoring all your comic book or wannabes You're gonna be hit with a hook or turn your face into a tragedy Stevie B with the chemistry Dropping recipes and melodies Rest to see especially Using dark humor as his weaponry Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an entity, no empathy, just credibility Discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny Felonies, industry, jealousy, memories Pregnancy, tendencies, therapy, heavily Alcoholic cast is the remedy Alcoholic cast is the remedy Alcoholic cast This is Alcoholic cast, and to my right we have my co-host My name's Adney And to my left, my co-host uh, Steven Borghese, everybody. So last week... Full names, huh? Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing full names. We're, doing, we're dropping them full names down, Adney. Sometimes you gotta drop a full name. You don't want to half-ass your first name, uh, you know. Half-ass eating ass. You're the only Adney, so you're fine. There's only one Adney in the entire world. There's so many Stevens. I gotta drop down that last name. So uh, I'm like, damn, that last name's smooth I am pretty fuck. great. I am pretty great, huh? You are, you are great. Anyways. So last week, we had an amazing story unfold. <laughs> no, no. We, we got interrupted. The because by an amazing story. By an amazing <laughs> story that our listeners just didn't have the realm of knowledge yet. So I got to bless them with my opinion of Megan and... Uh, <laughs> No names. <laughs> it's all, it is known. Ten seconds in, broke the rule. <laughs> it is known. It is known. I apologize. Breaking so, anyways, the rules. <laughs> and so, I kind of just want to start off everything with saying, let's t- just go off with bad relationships. And since uh, the one that's on everyone's mind right now is Stevie's, let's uh, yeah, let's, let's go continue to you. the saga. Yeah. We were left on a cliffhanger. Left on week. a cliffhanger. Please finish the serial story. Um. Just, I don't know, how do you explain it? Bad relationships in general are, are terrible, horrible, of course. Um, people stay in them for ridiculous reasons. Uh, I was in uh, multiple bad relationships, actually. I've only been, like, serious with maybe a handful of women. I'm, I'm only 26. Um, but A handful is kind of a lot for 26. Yeah, I, well, 20, I probably said maybe four. Four I've been, like, somewhat serious. Um, two that, are, that were pretty serious. I've been serious with two, two. Two that were more serious than the other ones. I guess I take relationships um, more seriously. Oh, dude, that's fine. You. When you pat yourself on the back, where are those now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay, yeah, so uh, a one that I wasn't specifically did not work out necessarily. Um, I had to deal with, uh, I'm a very independent person. I'm, I've always just latched on to my friends more than anything, not necessarily needed to latch on to anybody through codependency. Uh, so in general, I just, I like to enjoy myself, like to have fun with friends. I'm always constantly trying to do stuff. So bring You're not people- the kind of person that needs to be in a relationship yeah. to feel normal or okay. So many people are, feel pressured into like, oh, I need to have a boyfriend. I need to have a girlfriend. Like I'm so lonely and you just, you know. I mean, I'm kind of, like, I feel lonely at times. I'm not going to oh, lie to you guys. Oh, of course, I'm lonely. Like, I get I lonely as well. Everyone, I, get, I get lonely as well. Well, you all get lonely. That's fine. But, but what we're saying is and you don't, you're, and don't you're need. In one, and when you're in one, you don't constantly need the affection poured on you. A lot of people, when they're in a relationship, it's because a lot big reason of it is because they need that affection constantly showering over them so they feel loved and wanted. Yeah, and um, th- that that goes with yeah most people. Um, I believe in doing your own thing. 
just enjoying yourself, enjoying everything you're doing. And if the person comes along and into your life, that's great. That's somebody new joining you on your own adventure, as cliche and dumb as that sounds. But that's how it should be. You don't need to, I don't believe in looking for anything to make your life better. You just make your life what it is. And the person that joins you is just a bonus. It's, it's a bonus to Absolutely your own adventure. And, you know, yeah, that's amazing. You shouldn't have to have someone to be happy. Exactly, and they shouldn't be a drag on your happiness. No matter what you pursue, if you're not, as long as you're not pursuing, you know, fucking every other person, you know, <laughs> they shouldn't come and interfere with anything that you want to do to be happy. Exactly, and um, like I don't really want to necessarily get into what made mine fail. Um, I would say that there was just a lack of um, not oh, not empathy. Um, there was a lack of uh, God damn it. Someone sub, uh, sub, supporting, uh, being support or supporting like a support me. System? Uh, support like a lack of a support system? Sorry. There was a yeah. lack of a support system because I wasn't being supported in anything I did. If, if, if anything, any, you were being ridiculed for the stuff that yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, there was a lot of jealousy. A lot of, yeah, a lot of jealousy. If, if there was anything I did that didn't involve the person that I was with at the time, it was an issue. And we, us three right here, we like to do things. We're always like... Trying to you know do things together. Let's let's do this. Let's do that. Let's yeah, write. We're doing blah, a podcast blah. together for yeah, the hell of it, just for the fun. We actually a good example is we all started writing together. All of us started writing skits. The beginning of the year. The beginning of the year we started writing skits together and sketches. We were coming up with with funny, really funny sketches. We still have them uh, written out, and it was an issue. It was like okay, you're gonna go spend time with your friends, even though you invite the person that you're with. And they don't want to join you, but they get upset with you because you're going to hang out with your friends, even if it's at the why house. Why would they get upset? Why would you? Here's I the don't thing, understand like, why they would get upset. That's it's, it's because his and here's, what's funny is we spend more time on this podcast every week. Like we come here to do the podcast. We're here for like four, four and a half hours, just editing whatever. Like, I mean, whatever. Thick, like do. doing stuff, before, getting ready for the podcast, doing the podcast, and post bullshit. We did. We spent less time when we were writing, meeting up every week to write sketches and shit. We spent less time doing that, and you know, and his relationship suffered that way because she was always like, "Why are you spending so much time doing that? I want you to spend time with me." He's like, "Well, once you come, we can all hang out. Basically, we're just drinking and saying funny stuff. It's like we're hanging out, eating food, we're laughing just, together. Yeah, we're enjoying just, each other's company, and at the same, it's the same time, thing we would do any time. Being creative, we're being creative. It's 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 the same thing as people going out and drinking together at bars, except we're using that creativity and we're honing it in to put it towards it something that's going to progress in the future. It's something that's going to benefit us, whether we make money off it or not. We're still being creative, and that's amazing. It's a nice outlet. It's fun. And another issue, and you was, were getting more from. As all this was happening, you're getting more out of your relationship with me and Adney than you're getting out my of personal the relationship actual personal with the actual person I was with. She, yes, there was no support, and she was like, "You got the whole." Not only was she mad at you for doing that, but she was like, kind of shitting on the whole concept of yeah. Why would you? Why would you like, do like that? You think you can That's actually do stupid. that? Stupid. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah you, you already assume- have a you have a career. Why would you try and do something outside? So basically, shitting on the idea of hobbies, which yeah. is a horrible thing for anyone exactly. to do to anyone else, no matter what the relationship, whether it be family, friend, or relationship, like dating. You don't like someone should have hobbies. It's a good outlet. Like you need to have your brain do a million different things. That way yeah. you don't get tired. Repetition will drive you fucking insane. And 
uh, other things as well. Um, reading, I, I'm, I'm it's just I love reading. I, uh, anytime that I read and she was watching TV, what? she would get. <laughs> anytime that I'd be reading and she'd be watching TV, whether she'd be watching something and I despise, I'm, a, I, I'm, I have so much hatred um, inside for reality TV. I just, I fucking despise it. There is no more reality anymore because we filmed it all. Um, <laughs> that joke is actually taken. I yeah, can't remember who, who I got the joke from, but that is, that I love saying that because it's real. That's exactly how I feel. Dude, that's I just that's don't that's like reality TV in general. And so anytime she'd be watching it, I would want to read. I'd be sitting next to her, everything, reading. And it would be an issue that I was reading. I can, I, if I put my book down and I sit there and mindlessly watch TV in silence with her, she'd be more happy than me sitting down reading, trying to gain somewhat a little bit knowledge. I'm already a fucking moron, trying to gain a little bit knowledge than normal. Um, but not only that, but me playing music, um, me going rock climbing. We, I started rock climbing uh, as soon as I got Adney up here from Sacramento, and it was an issue. We like I'm. It's like, I'm going working out, technically. I'm going to the rock climbing place, I'm rock climbing. Do you want to come with? So it was It was never like I was doing something to escape from her. I was always inviting. Like, uh, come with us. Why don't you come with us? No, I don't want to. Okay, well, I'm going to go. Boom, it's an issue. So it was just like, it's just someone like poking at you. It's damned. It's the idea of damned if I do, damned if I don't. No matter what. Like, that's what the concept was. And, also, and well, you could argue that what you did was better than, like, you reading next to her while she watches the show quietly is better than what I do, which is whenever Des watches a stupid show, I sit there and poke fun at it the whole Ooh, time. that's, that's what I, I would do, too. I, put, like, I point out, like, if it's a show, like, look at all the plot holes. What, what's this? What's that? Like, and I just, like, as a structural Oh, you like thing, this show, do you? I bet you do. It's fucking stupid. Guess who's stupid as well? You. Because the show's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I make fun of the acting, all that kind of stuff, and it's a reality show. I just talk about how stupid it is, and I feel like that's a lot worse than just sitting there reading a book, which I could totally be doing. I yeah. could do that, but yeah. no. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's basically was just my issue of uh, not being supported. And, um, you know, you try everything you can to kind of, like, salvage what you have. But in the end, you got to choose what's more important, your time and your happiness or, you know, being miserable with somebody. I don't want to be, you know, I'd rather... I don't believe in anything after death, so my life now on this earth is the most important thing. So that means time is the most invaluable and important thing to me. So I'm not going to wake up 10 years from now at 36 and say, where the fuck has my life gone? Why am I so miserable? I'm going to get back out there in the dating field and look at me now. Look at all these, my, look at my big stomach, you know what I mean? I'm a fat kid. Oh, uh, so if you're 36, a, you're automatically fat. No, no, way. not necessarily. But yeah, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I I believe like so. I have an issue. So this is just that was just my experience in general. Um, but like bad relationship. Like you guys want to discuss any of your guys's? Uh, oh, yeah, I personal? actually have a bad relationship with a family member, and that's okay. actually one of the more taxing ones. I think rather than like if it's a girlfriend because you can't boyfriend. escape because I can't. Yeah, it's family. Like I can't get away from them. Eventually. It's going to come up and needs to be dealt with. And every time I try to deal with it, they don't want to deal with it. And every time they don't want to, and we're just two stubborn fucking human beings. And it's just, it's such, it takes a toll on me emotionally because not only is it affecting mine and their relationship, but it's affecting my entire family relationship with this person and me too. Do you so want to like, give us some details about why that relationship is taxing? Um, yeah, I mean, so this person <laughs> is... An amazing human being. They are. I keep saying they because I don't want to like get too. You know. I'm gonna try to do the name things. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like we should like just give them pretend names. We could give them no. like names. Lady Deathstrike <laughs> or Lady Deathstrike. Okay. You know, if you want to, if you want to be really 
you know, cool about it, he'd be like Daenerys Stormboard or the House Targaryen. Boo Boo Kitty Fuck, dude. <laughs> like, for instance, this is a great example of how this relationship has kind of gone throughout the years. When I got back from Portland, the reason I cut my dreads off was because of this person. No. But, I like, remember that's you the cut, reason I, dude, I, I didn't cut my dreads because I wanted to cut my dreads. I didn't cut my dreads because of the stigma that, I, that was being held onto me or anything like that. I cut my dreads because this fool was like, if you don't cut your... Dreads, me and you, we're going to start having friction. That's pretty much what he said. Which is not He didn't insane. say it, but he, yeah. that's pretty much what he, what he said. And you, I, they dude, said. This is from a yeah, personal, this is from personal knowledge. You loved your dreads, man. Like, yeah. when I was in Portland, you were, dude, you were all about it. But, and you kept them clean all the time. And it was a part of your life. Like, you were doing... Oh, it was a big staple Yeah, exactly. Life, Can man. I just say that, like, cutting your dreads off... Good decision. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, yes. I mean, that's fine. But, um, uh, but not a I fan think uh, any dreads. Um, but I mean, you like them, yeah. and I, I like I you like them, ones. and I like you. So I, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, those are cool. You're cool. Um, but I'm telling you, what you're saying cutting, like but, everyone kind of just okay, put up with Chris it. Chris had a sh- Chris basically. Dude, like, he looks like oh, such a dick. But technically, he's he had a great guy. He had dreads and he had a shaved face. He. Shaved his head, or shaved his head, and grew his beard. Yeah. And I'm totally, I'm all beard. about it now. Chris switched <laughs> it up, like switched the hair on his face. Oh shit! Like, dude, so anyways, you could probably so, dread that beard now. Though. You could dread that beard. Why like, don't you dread the beard? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here! Like a heavy, didn't you see all those like studies and they're like, oh, your beard contains poo molecules and bacteria and all this fucking shit. Yeah. And suck my dick. My beard is delicious. You can <laughs> eat off of it, okay? Like I fucking. My do beard so is much. delicious, Chris Smith. <laughs> your phone has poo particles on it too. Oh, Everything dude, has poo particles on it. you're shit with your phone in your hand. We're fucking covered in shit at all times. Yeah. Like it's not that big Get of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 dude, we all poop. Talk to with, any parent, okay? Poop's not a big deal. <laughs> we're texting. While we're shitting, we don't wash our phones. Like, dude, our phones are just as dirty as money. And, dude, I've gotten things you on my... your phone inside I've, of prostitutes? I've gotten... <laughs> I use my phone to snort cocaine. Um, and I, I've, like, gotten things on my phone before, and I've licked my phone. You know what I mean? Like, you lick it, you, you rub it off, you rub it off. That's probably hella bad for you know, me. <laughs> I just lick my phones. No, you're just building up all those antibodies. Hey, I'm baby. trying to get me a good immune system. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's all. It takes it's training. It's like a muscle. Yeah. You know, gotta yeah. work it out. Can't be getting Back sick and shit. Chris's relationship, bro. Uh, continue, it's all, it's please. It's always been like this kind of tolling and taxing relationship where it's kind of like either... It's not like you do what I'm going to say or it's going to get hard. But it's like, if I kind of does what he says, it's going to make my life a little bit easier. So I was like, instead of trying to like go down the hard road and be like a hard-ass fuck it, I'll just, you know, play it by ear, play it safe, and I'll just, you know, kind of does what he wants me to do, but at the same time, I'm not going to really be around him. And that was like two years ago, three years ago, yeah. you know? And it's, it's never really changed. That's the relationship. It's he's the authority, and I'm the kid that has to listen. So he hasn't actually... In my eyes, he doesn't see me as an adult yet. And that's one of the fucking crazy... I'm fucking 26. Like, how can you not see me as an you, adult no, by but, now? And you're doing great things. Like, you, you fucking graduated college. You went to an amazing college. Graduated. Well, I'm not using my degree, so they think I'm just a piece well, of fucking shit. What is this? Shit. Like, well, I believe what you're doing right now, this is part of your degree. This is entertainment. Your degree I mean, was... You can be a piece of shit, which you are. But <laughs> still not, like... But still also... Be successful, be someone who's going after what you want and not be a total loser. Being a piece of shit... There are usually, plenty of successful pieces leads, of yeah, shit. It usually leads oh, yeah. to success. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the road you have to go down is, all right, like, you know, 
the high road has a lovely view, but you're gonna have a hard time marching your army down it. You yeah, know? exactly. So fuck you, be a piece of shit, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, and then you see those. I mean, you could, <laughs> there's a prime example right there. It's the I didn't opposite. Mean any of that the, the opposite. <laughs> I really don't think you're a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, well, he's not a piece of shit. Come on. Um, Ladies, the, the, well, uh, that's what you think now the, until later on in my story. The opposite is common <laughs> as well. The opposite is common. There are those who are born with silver spoons in their mouth. There are those who who are able to. Uh, get you know, go to college, and their parents can afford to take uh, to send them there, and they just waste their fucking time, or they waste Bert their. Bert Kreischer, the perfect fucking example. Of that. Have... I think I'm saying his last name. Wrong. Yeah, Bert Kreischer. That's right. He's Bert fucking Kreischer. Van Wilder. Is literally he, yeah, the yeah. fucking movie. Van it is Wilder. based off of Bert Kreischer. Yeah, it's a book called um, Life of the Party. He well, he did an interview for Rolling Stones magazine. Bert Kreischer did, and uh, they loved him. They were like, "Oh, this guy's a crazy party animal," and they actually stole his his. Life in a way, and sort of like right. It's not kind of like, like beat for blended beat, it, yeah, blended it into the whole Van Wilder thing, which Ryan Ryan Reynolds, man crush, God, Ryan Reynolds, get at me, homeboy. Um, did such a good job, <laughs> but I mean, still like Burt Kreischer didn't got a even, career off that. Serious. <laughs> Burt Kreischer didn't even sue. He's not. He's just like ah, whatever. Is you guys? That's just, because Missy told so him. many fucking stories. Well, if you don't know who Burt Kreischer is, you're a goddamn moron. And go look up some clips. The no. first thing you need to look up. <laughs> Is just the machine. Just type in Burt Kreisner, the machine, and your mind will be blown, and you will forever be a fan because Burt is the fucking shit. Or but I, I don't know him personally. I just know his persona, and in my opinion, I love it. So I love uh, Van Wilder in general. That movie's great. But um, I didn't know Burt Kreisner was until my friend Julio. I'm allowed to say Julio's name. Uh, <laughs> he told me he's like, I, I need you. Huh? I need you to read this book. It's called Life of the Party. It is fucking amazing. It's hilarious, and it's about this guy Burt Kreisner, and he's based off of the story of Van Wall is based off him. And I'm, I love the movie, so I'm like, oh, dude, of course. I read it. Holy shit! It is the one of the funniest books I've ever read in my life. It's funnier than most com uh, comedy stand up fucking comedies that I've wow. seen. It's that good. I was Did he dying. Write it? He wrote it. I was wow. fucking reading it and I'm dying, dude. Laughing my ass off and I'm sharing the stories with everybody. So yeah, I mean that's that's good example, like you said. So there's there's pieces of shit in every there's every <laughs> side of the corner there's pieces of shit everywhere. So like like we said, you if you grew up a piece of shit, most people stay a piece of shit. You're kinda of like if you're born into your class, you sort of are you sort of stay in your same class, which is very upsetting. We're gonna touch on that in another topic some other time. Um but when you kind of like, if you if you get lucky, then you want to push past all the bullshit that you grew up doing. But then those who are born, like I said, with a silver spoon in their mouth, they take that for granted. They don't know the value of a dollar. They have everything handed to them, so they don't know how to work. They don't know how to appreciate fucking manual labor or just like trying to strive for something because it's like, oh, everything's easy for me. It's no problem. It's no issue. Let me just hold on before you yeah. keep... There are the still, though, the, like 10 to 15% that do make Follow it. Like, we can't, this, we yeah. can't put this blanket no, of course, and just be of like, course. no, they're all But that's why I said there's, it's, a, yeah. it's both sides of the fence no matter what because there are those that I know that were born into a successful family and they became successful themselves and like there's people that have even changed their names to be like, okay, I'm doing something my own way. I don't need any help from you. I am not even a part of this family in a sense because they changed their name because they want to like be they 
They want to be known for their own success. They want to be known for their be like denounced from my family. That's the thing though. That's the thing though. Is like sometimes like they say I'm gonna change my name, but you're still getting the benefits of having this fan with all those connections. Nicholas Cage, perfect example. He, if you guys didn't know, Nicholas Cage. We all know Nicholas Cage is. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Are you? Yeah, the director of The Godfather. The director of The Godfather and so many other movies. And they're the fucking Coppola. The family, the couple of families, amazing. Even There's if, so many. Even if he, on, even if he only ever made The Godfather, that's enough for me. Yeah, agreed. you don't need to do anything else for your life. That was yeah. that's your masterpiece. That's your Ninth Symphony. That's your Sixties yeah. Chapel. Dude, that's everything. But dude, and like, the so, blend of so Coppola. and basically, Nicholas Cage was like, I want to change my name from Coppola to Cage. That way, I could be my own person. People won't like you know connect audience like the regular viewer will not. Uh, associate me with this person, but I still get all the connections. Right. The only reason you got that role is because Coppola is your dude. And that's like, how he started. That's how he and got a, after a while. Now, they, eventually, he, yeah. I mean, I love Nick Cage as an actor. I do. Yeah, he's like, insane. I love him. Like, Watch guys, fucking nuts. If anyone can, look up the community episode on Nicolas Cage. It's fucking amazing. Remember, I've never I seen it. They seen do that a, one. Where it's like, because in the community college, it's a show about a community college, and one of the classes in like the later seasons is it's a whole class on Nicolas Cage. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's like a film study class of, is I he, have to is see he, this. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he good bad? Is he bad good? <laughs> is he insane? <laughs> and Abed actually goes insane trying to figure it out. Oh, okay. Because the, the teacher says in the beginning, there is no answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you guys know, there's no answer. And in like a previous season, there was, something, there was a, a class on the show, Who's the Boss?, it's like, who really is the boss? And uh, you will not know. And Abed figured it out, and he's like, <laughs> Angela's the boss. And he had all, he went on, he did this huge, like, after a week of the class, he I had saw a that huge one. thing, and he, like, mm-hmm. just explained it to everyone, and he drove the teacher insane. The teacher's life's work was destroyed, and he went crazy. And so Abed's like, I'm gonna do this to Nicolas Cage, too, but it doesn't work. And he goes insane. <laughs> the, the great. The, yeah, but Abed didn't understand that it's a rhetorical class. Like, uh, yeah, he doesn't. Is, is Nicholas Cage insane? Is it, it's like I'm not. Yeah. I'm just asking. It's not that I'm asking the question. There's no answer. That's the whole point to the to yeah. him as a character. He doesn't um, get it. But anyways, back to relationships. Yeah, relationships. Let's, let's jump we back all to have bad relationships. To talk about. So let's get back to that. Well, let's, I was talking about it with my own. Yeah, the sillies. issue. Which, well, don't want to mention. Oh shit. shit. <laughs> 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 Okay. Oh my uh, god. No, but no. No, but honestly, I love my I give family it a year and people are going to know your social security number. <laughs> <laughs> and um so this this relationship's really starting to burden our entire family because it's starting to come like this Christmas was my worst Christmas ever. That's why you spent it with Adney and I, because we do our own Christmas. Christ Christmas. Alone, like with Kenny, and we were just chilling. Kenny. Like, no, I mean, this my year, roommates. This Kenny. year we're doing this, homeboy. We're um, doing that'd be Christmas, podcast. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas podcast. Christmas podcast. That'd be cool. What? Christmas podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I went down there, and you know, I bought gifts, and I do the whole thing. Like, I'm a. Like, I'm a big part of this. I'm a staple of the family. Everyone yeah, loves course. me, like, and all that You're a stuff. successful fucking adult. You know, in my eyes, I remember you Because I'm not us. a part of the family. Yeah. You know? In my I'm eyes, the, you're I was successful. the nephew that Shalene and my my family, my, my mom is Shalene. And I, I'm, I've already discussed this, and I love her until the fucking yeah, person Yeah, if you want to listen to the other podcast. But... So I don't want to have any conflict with any any of them. animosity towards any of your and family members. And so I'm just it's going sad. down there, and they love Jesus, and no like uh, fuck them or no th- nothing like that. So right on. You guys want to like Jesus, like Jesus. You guys want to be Christian, then be fucking Christian. Just don't be trying to shove it down my throat. So me 
and a family member were discussing it. And we were having a nice conversation. It was easy. They were making points. I was making points. It was a conversation. It was cohesive. It was like a unit. It was working. And then that other family member that I have problems with came into the conversation, just threw a wrench into the conversation. The entire machine started to break and boom, 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 and explode. And then I freaking just left. I was like six beers deep. I shouldn't have left. Everybody was so mad at me because I left. They're like, oh, you're drinking and driving. You're drinking and driving. Now, did I drink and drive? Yeah, but I only went like <laughs> 10 miles because I didn't drive back to Reno. I drove over to a buddy's house and then I stayed there Smart. because I realized Smart. that, yeah, I am too drunk, but I also you have a lot realized of friends that in that I don't want to fucking stay here and listen to these motherfuckers preach to me about oh, if I don't know about Jesus then I'm gonna go to hell and they just yeah, want me to the know about trip. Jesus it's the guilt trip like making you feel like a bad person like a stupid person for not thinking the way they think yeah, it's one of the like hardest things that I'm dealing with right now in my life it is and it's a relationship it's not girls it's not my job it's, it's a relationship with my fucking I family member I have something uh, something similar when it come, as far as bad relationships my last one I was in um a six-year relationship. Uh, it was a quarter of my life spent with this girl. And I'm calling it a bad relationship, not necessarily because of her, but actually because of me. Um, it's something that took me actually a while afterwards to realize that I was the fucking problem. Um, that takes a lot of Yeah, that takes balls, dude. dude. Yeah, Self-evaluation uh, is very funny difficult. Is she also, I got laid on a ball. Oh, sorry. I'll let you finish, but I got it. I got what's funny is she also had a very religious family. Um... All of them were, like, super Christian and, like, just kind of hated the idea of science. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like evolution, evolution denying level, right? And I just, I hated that and everything. But they were also, her parents were some of the nicest people I've ever met. They were amazing people. When I had no place to go or live for a while, they took me in, no questions asked. And they were so nice and they were so kind. And I remember being a very angry atheist uh, when I was younger. Like I, I'd probably say I first kind of realized I took the title of atheist, whatever, when I was like 14. And for a couple of years, I was just so angry at everyone who has ever believed in God and just, just so – just had so much animosity. And then meeting them and spending time with them completely changed that perspective and stevie was there for the whole thing to me seeing he saw me as the angry atheist and then him becoming an atheist and being an angry as well and then me just kind of calming down and just saying yeah i don't really care anymore because i finally met some people who were really really far into that ideology and yet were amazing people and it helped me as well with me being so angry about my atheism as well because i was following the same track it's like i was step a step behind adney but i followed in the same path as him continues all right but the reason why that relationship turned bad, um, in the beginning of that relationship, like I was, I was 18 and I was still wanted to have sex with other girls, plain and simple. It's just that simple. I have that same problem douchey right now. Guy <laughs> thing. And so I was like, so while I was, I, after I had like moved in, like we were living like together, we were in a committed relationship. And the thing about a relationship is you're basically giving that person your word you're going to be faithful. So if you're not faithful, you're breaking your word. And then even if, like, so that's kind of... Your word is all you have as a man, you like, don't, as a human being in like, general. you forgot your honor for what kind of thing. And I did that. I was constantly flirting with other girls, like, on social media and, like, through text. 
And that's oh, something that really bothers you're a piece me. Of shit. Yeah, exactly. Young, dude. When you're young, man, it's way different than when you become an adult and you realize what's what's important. <coughs> and that's one. Of the <laughs> and uh, I hate. Like, what do you see? Because of bullshit, you're allergic to bullshit. I saw like stuff. recently, like I see people like um, complaining about social media all the time. They oh. blame Facebook. They blame uh, Snapchat. They blame Inst- a lot of Snapchat because. Nudes get disappeared pretty fast. That's not that's easy to Can't do. Can't Snapchat if you don't got the evidence. <laughs> um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, you're like, um, social media is so bad. I mean, like, it's so it just poisons your relationship. It's just po- it's, it poisons all your relationships, especially if you're with someone because you're always thinking about like what's like other people. If you're people. that fucking shallow, exactly. And I, and my point is, it's only bad if you use it that way. Um, absolutely, social media poisoned my relationship. Because I allowed it to. I gave it the platform to be poisonous. I used it in a poisonous way. I used it to flirt with other girls, to talk with other girls, like pictures I shouldn't have liked, been friends with girls I shouldn't have been friends with. And that adversely affected it. And that relationship never, ever uh, recovered. I was even getting like nudes through text, that kind what? of shit. You were yeah. getting nudes with a girlfriend, bro? I've yeah. never done yeah. that. I've never got nudes in general. <laughs> Why? I'm setting. Get the fuck hey, out of here. I never got nudes. But Get yeah, the fuck I was doing the, yeah, Send them out in his way, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was doing that and pretending like it, like just doing that, and like so that was my actions. I decided to do that. It's not social media didn't hold a gun to my head and say you better do some evil shit. So when people try to blame that, like no, you're a bad person. If you're sitting there in a relationship. And you're looking at other people's pictures on a social media and thinking the grass is green on that side. You are the bad person. You're the asshole. If you make any move at all after that, it's on you. You and you alone. And so, that's what I did. So that relationship turned bad. She stopped trusting me because she found out, obviously. I mean, I stopped doing all that stuff. And then a while later, she found out. But it was too late. And that, that fucked up the relationship. We broke up for like a couple of weeks, got back together. And... But it was never the same. She could never fully trust me again. Right. And she started treating me bad. Rightfully so. Absolutely. hundred fucking fifty percent she she had right to do yeah, so. Yeah, you deserved it. And I started I resented it for a, a little while, but then I got better and then I started like but then of course since I I like I kind of alluded to this before on past podcasts, but I do have problems with depression and that affects my relationships. It affected that one. I have weird mood swings where it's just, every every day seems like a roller coaster, really hot, like straight weird kind of highs and then really low lows. And sometimes I'll even blow up on Stevie for no reason. I'll treat Stevie a bad it's way. It's gotten a lot better though. And I'll regret that. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> but that kind of that kind of thing poisoned our relationship and then it got to the point to where she finally left me. And then you Have know, you tried smoking weed? <laughs> and it just makes me fall asleep. Calm down, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> tried smoking weed at me? <laughs> After and like the thing is, I like Actually, as, I get, I as get, like, anyone sh- does. You never take responsibility. Anyone who breaks it, it's always the other person's fault. It's always that that person's a horrible. I was perfect, and it took me a while, a lot of drugs and a lot of drinking and a lot of sobering up. Months later, to not really that many start drugs in comparison. But to, yeah, to, <laughs> to comparison really, to you uh, doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> Sorry, You're not. It's my story. I apologize. <laughs> and then the introspection came, and then I started. Thinking, then I started finally realized it was me. I made all the mistakes. It was all my fault, and I need to try to be a better person. Man, so there's a story from the opposite. It's such a great view. story because I got lit with a bomb on like Saturday night, and it was from a past ex. And <laughs> I was like, we were just talking, and at first we were just hanging out, and everything was cool. And then eventually it was gonna come up. Like there was this tension the entire time. Like it was gonna come up. This conversation was gonna happen. And 
feel like she set me up because I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I was just coming to see a friend. You know, if I get lucky, I get lucky. If not, then I'm not tripping on it, really. Like, I wasn't really going out to really, like, get laid. I was just going out to see her. But I've known this per person since high school. Like, I've known this person. Like, we went through some shit, you know? Yeah. And so I have a long history with her, and she broke it down just like how you were saying. Because I never looked at myself in this relationship, really, and I always just pushed it off to her. It was like, well, Takes she a didn't lot. do this, and Takes she didn't lot, do that. Yeah. And so we're a little tipsy, and then she just starts laying into me. And I was just like, oh, shit, like, I didn't even realize I did that. And she would just hit me with another truth bomb. <laughs> Boom! I was like, oh, fuck, like, right to my face. Oh, it hurts so bad. Like, and she just hit me with truth bomb after truth bomb after truth bomb. And there wasn't a damn word I could say about it. And I just had to sit there and take it like a man. And I was just like, fuck, like, you're fucking right. Like, and it really yeah, made dude. me step back, and I was like, I fuck. I think the most important thing in any relationship is... No matter what you're doing, always stop and think, what if they were doing that? Yeah, exactly. And everything. How would you feel? Switch up That's the roles. It's that you, you gotta, simple. You but gotta then you place have to yourself... Like, play, well, with my situation, then you have to play like the higher than all card, because if I put myself in his situation, like that doesn't work. I'm all of a sudden like... I mean, in, why would I, I, mean I tell, dating. I mean, dating. dating okay, okay, in, in that okay. relationship... Not family. For in, someone, when for, it comes to family, fuck, fuck you. Yeah. For someone, <laughs> yeah, for someone to treat you differently because you have different views is dumb. But if you, if you honestly do something to genuinely hurt the person that you're with, no. then oh. you are an asshole if you don't realize what you did is hurtful. Like, well, I'm not a saint. I did fucked up shit even in my last. It's like, I wasn't the best... You know, I, I wanted to be supported, but I wasn't the most supporting person that I could have been and I was just unhappy so it kind of like it weighed on my relationship as well so I can I can't necessarily blame it on one person it's, it's a yeah so you build a resentment exactly so I mean but yes it does take a lot for Adney to sit here and admit like where he's seen that he did wrong that's that's like that's takes that's, that's strong goal. and you gotta be strong and by the way you gotta be strong to realize that by the way all the all the stuff I said is really obvious that that's wrong there was a bunch of other things that I'm not going to get into because it's... Oh, <laughs> what I was going to say like is... Little, little, like you said, little truth bombs like that. It was little things like that that I did that made me less of a good boyfriend. Mm. That I looked back at all of it and was like, I'm uh, doing this, 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 this. Where, where, where's the, where can you draw the line? So back to where you were saying, so yeah, we are in this age of like social media and relationships and like this is a thing now, dating through fucking social media happens more often than not. Where Like Tinder. Yeah, where does the line get drawn? I have, we have a really good Tinder stat actually, but uh, <laughs> where does the line get drawn for the whole like, um, I'm, look, I'm just looking at a picture. Like, so when I'm in a really healthy relationship with a girl, I can see a girl and I'm like, wow, she's gorgeous. And the girl will be like, yeah, she's gorgeous. But then a Ryan Reynolds or something can walk by and I'm like, damn, he's fine. And she'll be like, yeah, he's fucking fine. And that has always, for me, benefited me mo most in that type of environment and those type of I relationships. Think, yeah, I definitely agree. That's, that is cool if you can do that. Like, that's very cool. I think a big, that's big when it becomes well. someone that's attainable. But where's the line that's drawn? When it becomes someone question. who's obtain, attainable. Pussy looks nice. That's where the drawings, that's where the that's line is. That's the thing. Wait, 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 dudes already like, know that there's no way that, no, that's, sorry, what, go ahead. Go ahead. What sorry, I'm saying is like, if you, if you're in a relationship, committed relationship, and you know a girl, and like you're friends with her, and you talk about how like, you're like, oh, she's so hot, and you like her pictures, that's going too far mm. because you know her. You know that girl. Why do you want to fuck her so bad? Why are you dating me if you want to fuck her so bad? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. where it could be poisonous. But if you're saying 
If you're sitting here going, I'm in love with Christina Hendricks and she's so beautiful, I wish I could marry her, your girlfriend's like, yeah, that's never going to happen. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's not a problem. Uh, Co complimenting someone is not an issue. If you, Even if it's someone that I know, it's like, man, my friend's handsome. Right? Or, or she's, isn't she beautiful? Like, definitely beautiful. You know, it's like the person that you're with knows that that's who you're going home with. You are who I'm with. You are who I want to be with. If I wanted to be with that person and I... And if it was possible that I could be, I would be with that person. But I, complimenting someone, dude, humanity, the human race is just a beautiful fucking race, yeah, we're dude. Yeah, beautiful. There's beautiful yeah, there's people everywhere. There's ugly ones, dude. Too. There's beautiful people. Are you fucking, dude? Christoph Waltz, the most handsome man in the world to me. Dude, sometimes <laughs> the biggest girls have the most gorgeous faces. Like you're like, yeah. oh my god, your face oh, is beautiful. I'm all about it. But you like <laughs> complimenting someone is not an issue. That's why you have to find someone where jealousy isn't an issue. I don't, I. I used to be a very jealous man when I was younger, and I completely I'm taken that. Jealous, jealous. I have completely taken that out of the picture. I just don't care. I always think what my my viewpoint is. Because you're like if, a robot, like Neil <laughs> Koto. <laughs> no, my my viewpoint is if okay. I if someone views, doesn't want to be no. Don't get jealous. I'm making fights, and I go to the end. Almost good for my career. No, because I know personally, deep down inside, I'm 26. I have ambition. I have a career. I'm doing great in my life. If someone doesn't want to be with me, my my thought is your loss. Go try. To, <laughs> good luck trying to find someone. Yes, I might be small, a short guy. Because a lot of guys are bigger than me. Big I'm not. Counts, you I, know I, mean? I don't have. I don't have a six pack, but I'm. I do multiple things in life. I'm always striving to do better. I want to be as great as I can be. And good luck finding someone who actually has good ambition. It is difficult. Sweet tattoos too. And I have sweet tattoos. Oh that's God. the thing. I also got good hair. But I mean, that's 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 my perspective. Is if someone doesn't want to be with me, then you're fucking lost. Yeah, we're talking about a lot about relationships now, but like just dating in general. We should talk about that a little bit. So yeah, no, no you don't want to get on that tangent with Chris because Chris does not want to talk about dating because yeah, I am before you get so infuriated. There's a game with you gotta play. Yeah, there is a game. Hold you on, let's let Stevie finish. Um, no. Uh, like, so like we said, Adney said, let's jump back to relationships. So relationships in general. So we were, the topic today is shitty relationships. So we're going to jump into that exactly like... The, okay, so men and women will stay in shitty relationships. Like we've all witnessed it. We all have that friend that is like... Oh, I'm, I'm it witnessing it right now. I got one that I know. Quote, I keep looking in my brain. I'm like, yep, it's that relationship. To quote Dane Cook, it's like, I just can't, I just can't get out of a relationship. Karen, it's not that easy, okay? It's not that easy. Easy. Hit my CDs are in his truck. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to stick around for three or four more years of abuse before I can get my CDs, okay? It's not that easy. Um, that's a prime example. People will stay in, you know, relationships. Uh, reasons women will stay in relationships in general is like, um, you have economic dependency, uh, you have low self-esteem, uh, stigma of a broken home, as in uh, society looking down upon or judging either party because of their family or because their family is considered broken, quote-unquote, um, whether the person doing the judging are privy to the abuse taking place uh, in at home or, or not, um, which is fucked up. Um, you, have, you have fear. Women will stay in relationship because of fear. It's like fear of the unknown, being afraid that no one else will love you, like that person you're with currently, or that you won't find someone in general, uh, or, you know, you have threats. Like, there's um, a lot of women will stay because they're battered women, which is which is brutal. Um, like there, the, uh, the batter woman is you're physically abused yeah. and you could be afraid that, well, he's mad about that. If I try to leave him, it could be a lot worse. Exactly. 
And that, that's, a, that's a prime example right there because um, 75% of women are more likely to be murdered by their victimizer if they escape their relationship in comparison to staying. So if they stay in their Some relationship, they're more likely to survive than if they escape. How fucking brutal is that? That right there causes women to stay and be abused. And uh, you also get children. Like, children will keep people in shitty relationships. or Because um, they or, think it's better for the kid. If, like, but this is their parent. I have to stay. Yeah, you can't, okay, can't cause a broken home. Two, cri- two Christmases. Like, you don't want to. <laughs> um, or what's even worse are those that assume having children or getting married will mend their fucking tragedy of a relationship but that almost always ends bad no matter what and we gotta say like everything you said applies to men as well yeah except for the except for like the the hitting a little bit i've i've witnessed the a man i have been abused his ass i have been abused and i've never put my fucking hand on a woman dude i've got my ass beat by shaleen so many times she's a woman she beats my ass all the time. I've gotten hit We're talking by... talking about when you're dating. Dating. I'm just saying, dating she's still a girl. Time. She's still a woman. Okay, so dating beat wise. my ass. I have been... A, dude, <laughs> I am, you I am not even joking. You gotta lean up against the ropes. You gotta tie them up. <laughs> I am not even joking. I am a victim of domestic violence towards me. I have been hit. Two serious relationships. I've gotten my fucking ass beat. Punched in the face. Punched in the back. Choked. Everything. I kept my hands down on my side. And I walked away. I didn't even say a word. I keep quiet when it comes to confrontation with, you know, with the person you're with, the person you love. It, I, I, I'm never aggressive. I grew up with an aggressive childhood and an aggressive watching two people that that i'm supposed to love beat the shit out of each other male and female and i just decided i don't want that i don't want to like have that kind of animosity towards the person i love so i i've tried to completely stay away from it but it, it still has uh, been pushed upon me i have a friend of mine joel actually almost beat the shit out of an ex of mine due to the <laughs> fact that she hit me he freaked out. He says, if I ever see you lay your hands on him again, I'm going to whoop your fucking ass because he knows I will not touch a female in any way besides sensual baby girls. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, like Adney said, men say the same thing. Men will stay in relationships because of uh, apathy if you're too lazy to get the fuck out. Um, fear of being alone, comfortability, time investment. Like it's, that's, same, it's, a, it's a low self-esteem all over. It's the same yeah, with both it's, genders. It's, 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 yeah. We, if I do this, I'm going to be alone. No one else is going to want me. This is the only person that's going to want me. Yeah. It took a long time to get this person. I don't want to invest that time into somebody else. That drives me insane. Time investment. Dude, time investment's a big thing, man. With both sides. That's the situation that I'm looking at from the outside as a friend. And and there's my friend. Yeah, so do I. They're codependent on each other. So, oh, dude, let me let me tell you. For those who don't know what codependency is, codependency is a relationship. Codependent relationships are a type of dysfunctional helping relationship where one person supports or enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. It's a relationship in which one person is physically or psychologically addicted as to alcohol or gambling and the other person is psychologically dependent on that first person in an unhealthy way. Oh yeah, so that's now exactly, you can explain. That's exactly what it is yeah. because they'll break up. Good job. Dude. And then two days later they're back together, and then they'll break up, and then a week later they're back together. They're always dude. fighting. They're always bickering at each other. Every now and then you see a little gem of a moment, and you're like, oh, that's sweet. Like they really could be together. But for ninety percent of it, it's not like that. <laughs> and I think. It's because they're afraid to go out into the dating world again 
and try to start over because yeah. now they have this you're safety comfortable. blanket. You're so, exactly. So you go you're... out for two weeks and you try to play free agency and it doesn't work. So you come back to your safety blanket and that's all they're doing is they both do the same fucking thing. They literally break up with each other to try to go fuck someone else. They realize that that's not how it fucking works and then they come back. It's not like they're actually in love. They're not in a fucking relationship. They're there because it's safe and it's easy. And that what's funny is like they're not factoring in when they're doing their calculations. The rust level of it all, because uh, when you get out of a relationship, that rust builds up, dude. Like ring, it's ring rust. Okay, if you're out of the gym for a long enough time, your timing's off. Doesn't you're exist. Doesn't exist. Ask Dominic Motherfucking Cruz. He just beat T.J. Dillashaw for four fucking years, two MCL, one ACL tear. The dude was torched. Never supposed. He was not. To, and he got his title shot. His first fucking fight back. That's because he had a four me- years. He, he needed to have. He needed to four recuperate years. from injuries, dummy. He had to recuperate from those injuries. So but that's ring rust, right? T- time, no, listen, out of the ring. time off, time off can be helpful in certain situations if the fighter has been broken down physically in some way. Okay, and wait, hold on. We're going off fighter talk. Sorry, we apologize. Going back. Let's, let's go let's back. Let's yeah. back. <laughs> that's a. But I want to talk you, to you about ring yeah, rust. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm saying it's the, it's the rust. Like, so you get a relationship, you're gonna be rusty for a while. Like after my sixth year, I was rusty for a good oh, couple months. Oh, it's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming, dude. He knows the stories. They're hilarious. Maybe one day I'll tell them, but they're really bad. And so, like, yeah, you'll hear. You wait for what a week or two? Yeah, that rust is still gonna be on there. You might kind of get into a groove, but by then you're all wow. You think I'm never gonna get laid? I'm never gonna like get into my groove again? I gotta go back to this shit. It's yeah, so sad. What's what's even worse is like okay, like you and said, dating is hard, man. Dating it's is so definitely, good. and that's what people. That's why people stay in <laughs> shitty relationships. Another thing is, I those that assume. So you you find those certain cases where uh, children being brought into a couple's life somewhat force them to grow up, which is good. Like some some people do change in general uh, with children, or you know that it's when like they, when they, they grow kid, up, they, they see their kid. It's like okay, now we're gonna make this work, everything. But what's worse is uh, you could find. Or uh, children will keep people in, in, together in general, but those that actually go out of their way, those that actually go out of their way to to have children or get married in an attempt to fix the relationship, that is fucking baffling. They assume immediately marriage or children is gonna help yeah, like their happiness. situation, but that just puts way more stress on it. It's easier to break up with someone than it is to say, I want a divorce. So you're adding so much more stress to your mm-hmm. actual relationship without you realizing it. And like I said, there are those certain cases that do better, yes, with children being brought into it, but that those are rare cases. Yeah. Most of the time, it causes even more stress and pain, and it weighs on the entire family, and it weighs yeah. on the kid, which is more fucked up than anything you have this child that's that's a sponge he's taking everything he sees he's you know he's learning as he goes and he has dysfunctional parents it last thing yeah. last thing he wants to be married or have kids because of the fact that he's he saw this growing up his entire life it's it's brutal you're when you like yeah when they add the kid of the marriage you're basically laying brick on a straw foundation that's good. That's a good Dude, that's such a good analogy. Your relationship analogy. is barely holding on. It's barely there, and it's on and off, all that stuff. And then you're going to add all that weight of all that. People who are in deep in love and really care about each other, a kid puts so much strain, and that resentment builds up, and they start fighting all the time. And it takes a while for them to get back to normal. Sometimes they never really do get all the way back. So, like, And that's starting from like an A-plus rating. Yeah. People are just dumb and... And then, of course, and they're afraid, like we discussed, 
they're afraid to go back to dating because dating really is difficult. We've all had trouble, like, as like, because it's hard for us to talk from a woman's perspective, but we know as men going to a place, seeing a girl, and just starting that conversation. You have to wow them immediately. You have to get their attention to not say ew and be grossed out by you. So you have to not only look good, but start off well and keep it going and then ask for a fucking date after that. And on that date, you're going to be spending a whole bunch of money and you're going to spend the entire time worried about whether or not she's having a good time. Is she into me? Is she is she enjoying all this? This is really... like and, you're just, and that nervousness kind of throws you off your own game. You can't really... Everyone always says, hey, just be yourself. It's really hard. Just be myself. Be myself. How about you be yourself, huh? Because you're yeah. lying to me right now. Yeah, look at all that fucking makeup. You're, you're not even on, yourself. Like, like, no, besides that, the fuck out besides, of here. Like, no, I'm the female perspective here because I have an oversized clit, which is an undersized penis in general. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's just my two cents. But, uh, Continue. <laughs> no, I I completely hear what you're saying, Annie. Uh, dating for Chris has gotten so bad that Chris goes to prostitutes. I straight up, uh, I, go, what? <laughs> I go to prostitutes. I mean, um, yes. I mean, no, we're two consenting adults who are consenting to sex, and there is no website or anything like that that puts all of this in like a thing that you can go get. That doesn't exist. That's not fucking possible. <laughs> yeah, let's okay, let's just talk about for a second. Okay, so there's a reason that you went to a sex worker. Okay, because you I, were, the okay, dating so, world beat. It's Me a game. Down, dude. What's funny is like we hear a lot of women say, I'm sick of guys playing games. All they want to do is play games with you and play with your blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, you started the game. If we didn't, if you didn't, if there was no game, it'd be fine. Guys don't want to play a game. It's just that we have to in order to get a chance at you. Just a chance. Not even just to have sex, but just to get into the door and start a conversation. We have to be a certain way. You have to look a certain way and act a certain way. We basically have to show a girl what she wants to see in order. And then after enough time, she'll learn to appreciate who you are. It's like we brought the... It's like they brought the chessboard and they're like, we're going to play this game. And then when you start playing it, they get fucking mad and throw all the pieces off. Exactly. You wanted to play, but as soon as you get one check, oh, no. <laughs> and that's no. how it was for me, dude. I'm parking. You didn't have to throw tried, the fucking board everywhere. <laughs> I, tried, I tried going through friends because that's where I always usually meet girls. So I'll try to go through yeah. friends, friends of friends. It's easy like at a And then I'll party. do that, right? Well, Everyone there is friends. Everyone's knows each other. Everyone's comfortable. Because right. a girl's way more, it seems anyway, that they're way more comfortable at a house party because they know everyone there right. as opposed to a bar right. where roofies happen like crazy. <laughs> oh, roofies happen. And I've gotten roofied. Yeah, and at least you're and more I had sex with myself on roofies. <laughs> and like, oh, she's talking to a friend of yours. You go up to talk, talking to that friend. So I've gone down that route. I've, yeah. I've gone down the friends route. Okay, so what? What else is out there? I try out. I've tried going out just alone, solo, going to the bar or the club or a coffee shop. Do you know how? Fucking weird you think you look when you're at a coffee shop drinking coffee, scoping out the girls, <laughs> oh, trying to figure out which dude. one you're going to go for. That is so rapey. It's so fucking creepy. <laughs> and people are like, no, I meet people at coffee shops. Like, maybe shops? when you're fucking ordering your drink, but after that whole ordering your drink, it's so it's fucking weird. awkward dude, to try to like, start a Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Drinking coffee? Like, how's your frappuccino? I so you got a minute, maybe two tops to get in there, get it done. Dude, are you kidding? No one, <laughs> nobody. Okay, so okay in the history of coffee shops, no 
one's fucked anybody. Not even the owner of Starbucks. Who created Starbucks? He's like, I still can't get laid in my coffee shop. <laughs> hey, dude, no one's getting laid in coffee shops, dude. It doesn't happen. But yeah, and like, and also, let's just bring up Tinder because that's, that's the, what, that was where I was yeah, going to go next. That's the Tinder. obvious. Everyone knows that's the fuck site or whatever. Oh, it's the fuck app. But you yeah, go to that is app, it the fuck app? Because Chris hasn't had no luck. That's what that I'm app. trying to talk about. I have had zero luck. But but I know multiple people within my friends group that have had luck and on I'm, sites like that. Whether it be two. Tinder, I've had or plenty one. of fish, or whatever <laughs> it might be. But Chris, apparently, Chris doesn't have face value. I don't know what the fuck it is. So I've tried. Meeting people through people, I've tried going out on my own, I've tried Tinder, Plenty of Fish, Match.com, okay, I didn't try Match.com. I did Plenty of Fish, I did, uh, uh what's it, like, okay, I started Cupid. one, but never did anything. Okay, Cupid. <laughs> I tried Okay, Cupid, you know, and I, did, I, I oh no, get, I'm I get alone. hits, and I get <laughs> That's one of them. That's one of them. You can find it on the internet somewhere. <laughs> I get matches and all that, and then it just nothing happens. And then sometimes, okay, I'll play, like, just the cool, casual, hey, what's up, uh, What's your birthday? Some stupid shit like that. <laughs> What's your sign, right? Because I don't know how to fucking do this. Why do you want to know my birthday? Are you trying to other rape times, and murder there's me? There's other times where I'll, I'll say something like... I just want to know if you're a Scorpio. Goddamn. Like, you can sit on my face and I'll eat my way to your heart. You know? Like, that's some, that's some classy shit right there. I like there. that. I really, What's up? really like dude, you know, dude, I have a boner so, right now. I've like, that was hot. I've tried being the nice guy and, like, approaching it as the nice guy through the message. I've tried being the funny guy. I literally started posting memes... Like, I'd have three as pictures of me. Picture, right? Well, I'd have pictures of me, and then as they're scrolling, there'll be a meme that pops in there. It's Bad Luck Brian, and it says, Gets Match, Camera Whore. You know? Some stupid shit like that. Also, what's... I think we should... Which is fucking funny! It is! <laughs> and I don't get any hits off that. Like, girls don't like humor. I thought girls like humor. Oh, I like a guy with a sense of humor. My fucking page literally sits fucking humor. <laughs> I'm not getting any fucking hits. Like, I got, we gotta say that. They never like, finish that. I like guys with a sense of humor who are also assholes. Who are that also are super tall six fucking and four. make a lot of money. They got a chiseled jawline. Really nice <laughs> that want to take care of me Look so I can fit at home yeah. and order fucking Chanel bags offline. Yeah, that's but they don't they paraphrase obviously they paraphrase. Say, um, like we've said before about our friend Adam being the king. Of He's Tinder. the king of Tinder, and I would love so to this have guy. Adam he kills. actually made the website. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know that. <laughs> this guy has a this guy is constantly getting hits on there. And he's told Chris what to do. He's like, this worked for me, this worked for me. All these things that worked for him, Chris has tried. Still <laughs> work for Chris. So what Adam doesn't know though, he can put I suck dick online and girls will be like, What's up? You want me to change you? <laughs> like that's how this that's just like who he is. He's just suave, he's smooth, he has like this yeah, cool like he has like this hip hop style of like lingo, but he also like talks like a douchebag sometimes. Um, but I mean, he just—he's I mean, he just, he's just smoother suave. than me. He's got he's suave. Women want to <laughs> flip him. Like if they say, if he said, if he just put "I'm gay" in my bio, he would still get laid more than everybody here. Because women would be like, "All right, I'm a spatch of the homeboy. I'm about to flip you over." You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna turn you back to straight. We had this. Uh, uh, we saw or Chris found this poll and um, of Tinder of. People were asked if they got laid on Tinder. Out of 76 people who were asked that question, 16 had gotten laid. 16. That's Six like what? 20 percent? Not even. It's lower than. And 20%, it's known as sure. a sex website. It's known literally as like that's the hookup site. And if people yeah. put so much stigma on that website in general because it's a hookup. Well, it's then a, don't a, get on it if you're not gonna want to hook up. Like, why the fuck are 
are you on there with yeah. pictures of your boyfriend saying, I want to meet new people? You're a fucking cunt. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. And, uh, kill yourself. Exactly. Like, that's so fucking stupid. That really stupid. begs the question Unless your of... boyfriend wants to watch me fuck you, yeah. then you don't need to be online. Right? Well, that's like, why I'm are saying. you on here? Like, well, I want to meet new friends. Then search for girls and meet girls. Like, what the fuck? Don't fucking look for guys. You want to meet guy friends yeah. while in a relationship? You're a fucking cunt. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing what? this just so to see how many likes you get? That, that's... Uh, that's what I question. think it is. And I have a, I have a friend um, who is a girl who would post uh, certain pictures on my Tumblr and stuff. Um, not even nudes, just pictures. And to see how many people would like them. And even on like pictures of herself? Or just yeah, just yeah, selfies. And okay. on Instagram, it'd be like, feel really bad if she didn't get a certain number of likes. What? Like, I, like, I didn't get uh, sweet and it like, feel bad. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, sometimes I post something and it'll get two fucking likes. I don't feel fucking bad. And I'm just like, fuck these people. And it's, it's like, and, she, and they'll be like, why do you, why, like, why would you feel bad about that? Like, who cares? It's one picture that not everyone liked. One of all the million. Like, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just seems like, like, it makes me feel better. Is like basically what she said. And that's like, self-esteem that's like, issue. It's a self-esteem like, And that comes, thing. and like, of course... It makes it seem like I'm trashing girls for saying they want attention so bad they'll do this. But at the same time, society does kind of put this pressure on women that your value is yeah. it is 100% leaked, linked to the way you look. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's, if you don't look a certain way, you're devalued as a human being. And, I could, and that really just drives it home. Um, two girls, and that's why they would want to do stuff like that. Devalued as a human being. So you know what? I bet you that girl that I slept with last night, the prostitute. I bet you she isn't devalued as a human being because people pay to go see her. <laughs> okay, okay. Is. So let's sorry, get, we didn't uh, dive in. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Seemed to escalate a little bit quickly. So let me reiterate what Chris says. The prostitute <laughs> that he slept with last night seems to be a you know, head on her shoulders, well-bred human being. She's uh, she's loving life, living life, and uh, apparently Dude, Chris, had a, story house. Chris had a blast. Apparently Chris had a blast. So Chris, let's hear this uh, right, prostitute story, huh? So there's this website. Oh. And I'm not going to say the website because I don't want it to like, get attacked or taken down. Because no, because that's my your website, not anybody else's. It's my holy grail right now. Like, <laughs> this is how Chris is scoring. You sound like a fisherman who found the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I found more people. Oh, no. okay. oh, oh, oh you, want some, you want some clams? Go over there. Yeah. Uh, there's usually really good uh, clam hunting on that side. Clam hunting. You don't want this area. <laughs> you don't want this area. I'm getting... I'm getting little little trout. You don't want this. I'm getting little time trout. Okay. I just go. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I didn't even know about this fucking website until I went to a fucking ranky dink town. I was picking up some weed, whatever, la da 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 Well, because these motherfuckers are in a fucking town of like 600 fucking people, they knew about this website, and they showed it to me while I was getting my weed. And they were like, oh, this is what it is. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. There is no fucking way. So this dude pulls it up on his phone. And it's literally a forum. It's just a regular, like, a message board type of thing. And it just has posts. Like, Reddit. It's it's kind of identical to Reddit and the layout or it's setup. It's get it. That's what it is. <laughs> get that shit, homeboy. That's the website. So I mean, you don't go there. You don't want that website. There's all these fucking posts. Chris's and I was website. like, there's no fucking way. Like, these girls aren't fucking real. This is not fucking real. This is a scam. Like, I just I just didn't believe it. But I'm in a town of 600 fucking people. I barely have any fucking service. So there wasn't a lot that I could do with it there. So once I got back, smoke boy too. You know, no, it's feeling good. I'm going to talk to some ladies. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Chris's face. Oh, man. Oh He's digging it right now. I can smell his erection. Like, literally. The guy is rock hard bringing up it the took story. took some of the air out of the room. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
So I get it back and so I'm just scrolling through. Now, this is something that I want to say real fast. Black girls don't like black guys. Apparently, escorts hate big dicks. Because that's what I was getting off of there. Because almost every single post, black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, 6'4", 5'10", fat, skinny, it didn't matter what the girl looked like, 90% of them said no AA. And I was like, no AA? What? Alcohol? What? What are you talking about? No Alcohol is anonymous? African Americans? Uh, You're black! What are you talking about? Like, so... The hate so, crime thing? so I think what we're like, taking away from this whole experience uh, is that prostitutes are racist. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> but, no, but no, no, but no. I was just. But, I, but was you're just, also taking away from this is all African Americans have huge dicks. Good for well, you guys. It was just an observation that I made that I wanted to express. Like that, yeah. that's really strange to me. That's a sidebar. Like, that's because you are you. Your family's black. Like you yeah, are. You, I'm not black. Dude. I know that's not a weird way to go. That's a weird place. Yeah. Went to a weird. weird okay, my bad. Okay, I didn't mean so to go anyways, weird. Your family's just... African American. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I'm not racist. <laughs> all right. So back to the story. So. I find a couple that I like, and so I text them, and there's no, like, prices or anything, and it's... Is it a couple, or, like, a couple, a couple. people? Okay, because no. I was like, whoa, no, 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 like, what? Not a couple. <laughs> three of them. A couple. Like, there was, like, three of them, and I wrote down their number, and I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot a text to this one, I'm going to shoot a text to this one, I'm, I'm just going to kind of see what the fuck this is even about. So I shot a text to the first one, no answer. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't fucking surprise me at all, because I figured that this was... I figured that this was, uh... Fake anyway, so I figured that that was going to be the entire fucking thing. So I was like, I'm going to burn through these next two numbers. Nothing's going to happen. I'm going to go jack off and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> Maybe. So <clears throat> I call the next one. Then... I text the next one. And boom, she hits me right back up. And I was like, oh, shit. She hit me back up. And she was like, hey. And I was like, uh, first timer here. Don't really know what I'm doing. What is this about? And she was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, do what? And she was like, do you want to go through with the appointment? And I was like, appoint I haven't made an appointment. And she was like, yeah. And she said, yeah, like talking, dot, dot, dot. It's like talking to a child. <laughs> I Dude, was like, what? She sat you down on the table so and goes, fucking, what do you want to do? No, no, that's... <laughs> So I got so I was surprised right there. I was like, "Fuck!" And I just straight clammed up and I stopped texting her. <laughs> and I text her back. And you text the other number. I straight said, "Shut down. I'm done. It's real." So that was clarification now for Chris. So the next day comes around. I go to work, and the whole day at work, all I can do is look at this fucking website. Like every break that I have, like I'm not looking at Facebook. Stop listening to podcasts. He's listening to he's listening to moans. They have like a moans looking, button, and he's like, like moans started fucking consuming me. I was like, holy fucking shit! Like this is gonna get bad. So I need to actually, <laughs> I need to either do it and see what it's about, or I need to just not do it and get this fucking website off my fucking phone because it's better than porn because it's real. Girls, like these are real, real porn stars. Fucking girls, they basically. They're porn. attainable. They're at and they're attainable, exactly. And so it was started. That always makes fucking with that's why. What's funny? I was on a little sidebar. The reason why that's such a big thing is like, if you want to watch porn, like porn stars, you can't look at a magazine and jerk off anymore. You're spoiled by the internet. So if you no, want, that's not so true because there was only pictures no, of these bras. I'm not. You don't let me doing my sorry. fucking thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. God, these are porn stars. When it comes to porn stars, you have to be watching them do some creepy, weird, crazy shit that's super kinky, and that'll get you off. But when it's a girl, you know you can have sex with. It's totally different. Like when you get a nude, you're texting a girl, and you get a nude from her. It's, it's just, exciting. It's the most basic 
And a lot of times, like a lot of girls are lazy with their nudes, and there's <laughs> bad lighting, it's fuzzy, it's just not a good angle, and it's just annoying, and yet you can still jerk off to it because it's still turning you on like crazy because you know you could get her. You know this girl I could have sex with, yeah. and that makes it so much hotter. And that's why Chris is saying, he's looking at these prostitute pictures and going, this prostitute I could have sex with, and that makes it really hot, and this prostitute I could have sex with. sitting there at fucking work with it's... a fucking boner, you know? Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> get back on the rig, Chris. Yeah. Put that thing away. <laughs> God damn. I was like, hold on, I gotta go take care of some pork body. And you <laughs> get that thing caught in a bear trap. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna commit. So, what's my price range? Like, how much can I afford? And I was like, I looked at my bank account, and I was like, okay. <laughs> do you I have a real estate agent? <laughs> so, what's in your real price range? <laughs> so, I was like, all right, I got like 150, 180s max. And if I spend 180, I'm gonna be broke and all this other stuff. And I was like, so like 150 max. And so, I'm looking through them, and the ones I want are 350 an hour. 350 an hour. And I'm like, oh, that's like... That's like four days of work for Chris because I just work at, you know, a basic fucking bitch job. So I was like, man, rent or uh, yeah, it's like rent or this. So I was like, okay, so I had to, and that was a bummer because the ones that were those just dime bombshells that like is a supermodel and never in a million years would you think that you could fucking have sex with this person it was attainable it was in my hand and all I needed was 350 fucking bucks <laughs> <laughs> that was attainable it was attainable I have it all I needed was a lot of cash <laughs> like dude and that is that the most beautiful thing I've ever heard you say like, it's not like one of those movies where it's about going after your dreams and getting what you want and just oh, it's only about hard work but it ended with Three hundred fifty dollars cash. <laughs> straight, straight cash, cash, homeboy. Okay, so <laughs> I bought that posture. Straight cash. So I had to like eliminate the whole like top tier of escorts, and that's what they are. They're considered escorts. You don't call them whores or prostitutes. They're yeah, escorts. exotic dancers. So did yeah. you go to B or C? <sighs> with, with a C, not intentionally. Now this is this is this is where hey, I can keep sometimes going. Sometimes bullet wounds and C-section scars are so okay. So I started looking up the ones that were like one fifty range. <laughs> And they're not all fucking, like, cracked, whored out. And some of them are good-looking. Some of them, like, I don't know. I don't know why I picked what I picked. But so I just found one, and I was like, okay, this isn't the hottest lady out of them all. She's a little bit older, and she's a little bit bigger. She'll do more. I like a little bit bigger. Now, there's a difference between BB fucking W and curvy, you know? There's a very fucking fine line Disgusting. that you can draw in, within this. Yeah. And I got deceived because on her pictures... And through her website and everything, she looked... And I've been trying to fucking come up with a comparison. And this is the best that I can bring up. So you got Angelina Jolie. That's like, whatever, you know? This super is the, the prime one. Super the super skinny she one. And then you like got somewhere. Scarlett Johansson. And that's uh, like prime. And then you got uh, Amy Schumer, right? She's yeah. a little bit heavier. Chris is okay with an Amy Schumer type of body. This has been discussed before. Definitely. But what happened is you have Amy Schumer... And Melissa McCarthy. And that bitch was in the middle. The prostitute that I wound up getting was, was right she, in the fucking was she, middle. Was she was directly or was she like a little closer to she Melissa McCarthy? She was probably, McCarthy? I'm not even gonna lie, I'm completely honest right now. She's probably a little bit towards Melissa McCarthy. And well, it was a bummer. Melissa McCarthy hey, is, wait, new age Miss Melissa McCarthy? Because she's skinny now. Oh, really? She lost her weight. 
No, we're talking like bridesmaids. Like Tammy. Oh, level. oh shit. So she brought a bunch of puppies to but your house, But she wasn't huh? that big at the same <laughs> time. Say, That's why I'm like creating I just want to say, if she was as funny as Melissa McCarthy, no problem. Oh, well, dude. She wasn't as big as Melissa McCarthy, so <laughs> it wasn't a problem because she wasn't that big. But, like I am saying, she was bigger. But her titties were G's. They're the biggest tits I've ever fucking seen in my life. So anyways, I'm like, not a big tits guy. I'm not a crazy tits guy. We're not even there guy. to that part yet. I'm still searching on the internet and fucking looking for the one that I want, yeah, right? So I find, I, find <laughs> I find my my price range. I find the one that I want, and I got like three of them. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. This one looks a little sketchy, and this one, I don't know. But then this other one had a website. But click on her website, and it's all fucking pretty, and it's all fucking decked out, and it's straight fucking forward. It's pretty. Like full <laughs> body massage. Like, Why'd you pick me? Yeah, it is pretty, pretty website. I, that's literally why I picked her, is because she you seemed the, the most professional. <laughs> she seemed the most professional. And so, and she had all of her rates on there. Like, most of them, like, try to, like, code it, or it's like, you gotta call me to find my rates. Or, or it's like 125 like roses or something yeah, fucking um, stupid. Yeah, yeah. so... It had everything listed, and it was like one hour, full body naked massage, and sex. 120 bucks, and I was like, done. 120? That's under my price range. Are you kidding me? That's my phone bill. I was fucking stoked on that. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to fucking happen. And so, boom, I texted her. Hey, first time you're here. I don't really know how this works, but I would love to make an appointment. And she was like, okay, when do you want to make an appointment? And I was like, all right, let's go for like tomorrow at 6. And she's like, done. And that was it. And then so tomorrow rolls around. Away today, as the night rolls around, I'm jacking off to the fucking website. Like so fucking crazy. That want like that website was so nuts. And so, jacked off to the website. <clears throat> was it stills? Like, yeah, it's fucking stills. So we were discussing oh, earlier. It's crazy. Huh? Like when you know you can have sex with a girl, all you need is a still picture. It's so nuts, dude. Man. I haven't been able to jack off to still pictures since I was like fucking fifteen. Ye- years, when I was dude. Sneaking Playboys and Holy shit. Holy shit. So it's crazy. So. She hits me up at like four the next day, and she's like, "So are you, are you sure you still want the appointment?" And so at this time, I had been sitting here looking at this bitch's pictures all fucking day long. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna pay to have sex with this fucking person. Do I want to have sex with them?" And she had pictures posted, and the pictures made her look curvy, and while bigger, but not Melissa McCarthy big. Like it was like it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like something that I would actually go if I was like dating and I would be like, okay, I want that. No, well, that's the not pictures, a girl you, that they I'm attracted seemed, to. She seemed okay still. Yeah. I mean, in the so pictures she seemed curvy. So this is before you got some viewers. Exactly. So, so then she's like, uh, you still want the appointment and I was at this point I was so like I don't I don't fuck around with BBW. That's they're just too big. It's just not my forte. I don't fuck around with big beautiful. Everyone women. has preferences. They're too fucking big. And so I had to blast her. I was like, before we move on with this, I need to know, dot, 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 are you curvy or are you BBW? Question mark. And she was like, obviously this appointment isn't going to work. I'll just never mind. And like she completely. So that should have been the first fucking trigger right there. I should have been like, God damn it. I knew this bitch was fucking Well, you're a normal sized guy in general. I'm not done. And so. I was like, you know what, like, I wasn't trying to make fun of her or anything, so I just texted her back, and I was like, I still want to go through the appointment, I simply asked a question, I didn't mean to offend you, I apologize. She's like, do you still want to do the appointment? And I said, yeah. And so 6 o'clock rolls around, 
And uh, I was like, uh, really I don't know where I'm going. Like, it's 6 o'clock. Like, and she's like, boom. She texts me address. It was literally right over fucking here. It was by your fucking house. I was no like, way. no fucking way. Yeah, it's on the other side. Call her up. Let's get her here right now. Uh-huh. Talk to her. Well, so she's like, I didn't expect him to be so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she made me send her a picture before she would really talk to she me or anything. She didn't tell me that he was bald? <laughs> oh, my God. You bitch, you're a fucking whore. How dare you? <laughs> So I get there and I ring the doorbell. I really want to see her at Mavericks now, just <laughs> accidentally. Hey, I know you. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You were on our podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who the fuck are you, you, little would guy? You, would you mind doing an interview? <laughs> so I get there. I ring the doorbell, and she has like one of those old school like chain locks or whatever on her door, so it only opens so far. Oh, that's so weird. And so she opens it like that, right? She's like, Boop. No, I was like, uh, just like, uh, yeah, are you yeah, a cop? Peek out. She's just peeking out, like, you're all weird. You're there out. holding flowers. <laughs> not holding flowers. Are you a cop? <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you a cop? And so, the whole point like, of this uh, is no flowers. The whole point. Uh, <laughs> said 125 flowers, right? No, it's dollars, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, uh, hi, I'm Chris. And she's like, okay. I was like, uh, am I at the right place? <laughs> she's you're like, yeah, like, you're at the right place. And she's just like being so sheltered and behind her door, I can like only see like half of her fucking she face. Putting shit, hands right? up. I'm, I'm good. Like she's clearly being guarded, so I don't fucking shank her or something. Pulls like, out a fucking like, a wand. So, so and she's like, so do you still want? Yeah, she's like, so do you still want to do this? And I was like, uh, I think I'm so. here. I fucking yeah. drove here. Like, you know how much gas is like, right now? <laughs> well, it's actually fucking cheap. It's cheaper, so. I know, but still, for the sake of the joke, gas is five dollars. Okay. I gotta ruin the comedy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stickler. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so she takes me in the house, and this lady lives in a two storied four bedroom house fully fucking furnished I walked on carpet and it was like all fucking cushy where are your parents at no just me I was like damn this is gangster that's exactly what I was saying I was like damn this is pretty tight you must bang a lot of dudes I love that that was your assumption not like good for you making a lot of money and then you realize oh yeah you are making a lot of money but see at this point I didn't know if I was going to get laid or not like, it wasn't, it, it said on our website, and, like, it says sometimes, but then sometimes it doesn't say. And this is my Just first time. massages. This is my first time going through it, and that's what it was, because it was a full-body naked massage. So that's originally why I went there. And so, no, she no, has no. A you went there to get laid, room. but that was a She has a whole other room that's, like, a den. So first, like, she brings me into her living room and stuff, and then we're just talking and conversating. And she's like, okay, I feel comfortable enough with you now. Let's go to the massage room. And I was like, you feel comfortable enough with me? Does it matter? I'm giving you money. That's another topic that we can go on. But, so, we get to her massage room, and she's like, okay, we do full body naked massage, and uh, it's 120 for an hour, it's 100 for 45 minutes, it's this, it's that. And I was, she's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do an hour, but before I give you money, I need to make sure... P is going NV. And I even did the fucking demonstration where you're like, you have your pointer finger and you have your other hand as a circle and you're like doing the in and out <laughs> shit. I was like, P and V. P and V. And she was like, well, if I'm comfortable enough. Did you hold up your pinky like, well, or did you hold up like your biggest like, finger you have? I was like, well, I'm not comfortable giving you the money yet then. And she was like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, once 
we get to that point, if I feel comfortable enough, then we'll go through with it. You'll give me the 120. If I don't feel comfortable enough, we can just go with the massage, and then you can give me 60. And I was like, that's cool. Sounds good. I need a massage nice. anyways. Smart for you to do that. That is like, uh, I applaud her. <laughs> no, I applaud <laughs> you as well for calling that out, because she could have, if she knew some mental fucking Jedi tricks, she could have fucked you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah she could have got that 120 easy. Because I was already ready to give it to her. Like, I had it out, and I was like, well, P goes in V, right? Yeah. P goes in okay. V, and she dude. was like, maybe. And I was like, you could have got uh, fucked. Yeah, you could have got call. fucked without getting fucked. Exactly. And you don't want to exactly. get fucked without getting yeah. fucked. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You could have got fucked. Yeah. Um, good on um, calling bullshit. On yeah. So, so listen so, up. So listeners, I hope you took note. <laughs> Continue. So what, what happened from there? So I now I'm, she's like, go get naked. And I was like, okay. So I went and got naked. Now, what the bummer was is when, I, when she finally opened that door and let me in, I was like, Damn, bitch, you're bigger than I wanted. You are definitely bigger than I wanted. You're baller than so I wanted. So I'm not going to really want to look at you <laughs> naked. You. I was like, I was kind of turned off there for a second. I was like, so fuck, like, dude, so do I really even want to fucking do this? I like, got to know. When you first walked in, were you full-on rager? No way. Were you, like, half-chub? It was, you... like, inside of my fucking body. Before you saw her? Yeah, it was, like, so shriveled up that you're so, you, you would think I had a micro-penis. It's like every time I go to get a fucking physical, like, my dick just fucking shrinks. I don't understand what the fuck's about it. So... Was it out of fear or nervousness? I think it was nervousness. More okay. nervousness than fear. But there was a little bit of fear because when you're so bad at dating like I am that all you're doing is watching porn a lot, you have this misconception that your member is small and that every fucking dude has a fucking raging fucking dick. So, like, of course there's probably... <laughs> <laughs> there's that little thing that's an underline too, you know? Like, am I going to perform and all that? But I wasn't really wondering about that because if I'm paying you, I don't have to perform. Oh, it doesn't matter. My dick doesn't have to yeah, be... Exactly. I don't have to have a dick if I'm yeah. paying you. They actually prefer that you're fast and yeah. just get it Yeah, right. see, and that's something that's not going to happen next time because next time I'm not going to go in there fully loaded because I came super quick. But it was a good thing... I'm getting way too ahead of myself. Yeah, so you, it's a huge <laughs> linear, like, and you're fucking it up. Well, I'm all over the place. You guys keep saying shit. So anyways, okay. So I go in the other room and I get naked. She's getting naked in the massage room. So I come out and I was like, oh, look at those titties. Look at that belly. Look at those titties. Look at that booty. Look at that belly. You know, like within two fucking seconds, like that all went through my brain. And I was just like okay, what do we do now? She's like, okay, lay down. And so I fucking lay down, and then she just fucking pours hot fucking oil. Oh, dude, oh, she, God. dude, for every fucking little, every so ounce of oil she poured on you, awesome. she lost five pounds. Dude, telling you that right now. She's so like, I'm amazing. feeling good. She's losing weight. She started on my legs, and she just started on my left leg, and then she went to my right leg, and she went all the way up to my thighs, and was like in the, 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 the taint area, just massaging oh, everywhere. Massage. It was amazing. Damn. Massaging my butt, slowly working her way up. And I have a lot of knots in my back, so I was like, you need to, like, work. <laughs> like, I told her, I was Bitch, like, you best get down. Yeah. I'm not paying you. Hey, three minutes of sex right yeah. here. I want, I'm paying you for the knots. Seriously, <laughs> I was like, you need to start working on my back. And I was just like, yeah, I have a, I have a couple knots back there. I was like, I'll really appreciate if you could get them out. And she's like, yeah. yeah, that's what we're here for. I came here because we're just, are really expensive. And at this point, we're just talking. She's just asking me questions. She's just trying to figure out who I am and, like, if I'm going to fucking rape her and kill her or not. Like, I could just tell she was just gauging on, like, am I going to yeah, have sex course. with this guy or not. Of course. And so eventually we get to a point, and then she starts putting hot towels on me. So she, like, uses all the oil up, and she's massaging me, and then hot towels on my legs while she's massaging it was the best massage I've ever had because not only was it a hot oil massage, but she was also nude, so her tits were massaging me. Like, oh, it was awesome. That's but awesome. I, I also felt a roll of fat or two. <laughs> for I was you. Like, oh, the fat's 
uh, you know what? Good for and her. And then the fat and straight, nice fat chick. It was done. Like, the, the whole she was fat, it was gone out of my head. That's it what I'm didn't saying. fucking matter With after every ounce minutes. of oil she put on you, she lost she 10 pounds. She fucking... That's it. In she your eyes. Your eyes, to me, though. I have had one woman do that. And my entire time of dating, a woman that will go out of her way and treat you like you should be fucking treated. There's not that many fucking women out there that, that will go to like above rub you down and like take like, for their man, yeah. and that will strengthen your relationship because then that's your man's not gonna want to go sleep with that girl just because she's hotter because he knows that that girl isn't gonna be putting in work like you because you're fucking loyal and all this other stuff. So back to the fucking story. Hot towels, massage, and so I'm fucking raging at this time. I'm relaxed, and it feels good, and, like, she's worked my knots, but at this point, I'm like, okay, like, it's about 20 minutes into the session, and if it's going to happen, it's going to need to happen now, or it's not going to happen. Like, there's no way she's going to get any more comfortable. Like, we've been talking the whole time, and so she was just she like, okay, fingers in your taint. are yeah, you ready? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm fucking ready. And she's like, okay, flip around. And I flipped around, she started giving me head, and I was like, oh, yeah. With the condom on, though? Not yet. She started giving me head without oh, the condom What a first. trooper. What a but trooper. But then, like, it wasn't, it wasn't that long. Like, she was pretty much just giving me head to make sure I was fully fucking aroused, and then she went and got the condom. <laughs> and when she goes to the condom, she pulls out this fucking drawer, and it's a condom drawer. You got Durex, you got Trojan, you got Magnum, you got all these fucking condoms in there. And I was like, oh, here comes, like, the fucking one you get from the fucking medical center when you just got tested and it fucking cuts off your circulation. That's a condom I think I'm getting. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I then know. she busts out the Magnum, and I was like, bitch, put that away. Like, <laughs> I know damn well. Like, don't try to sit here and boost myself. And I saw, I told that to her. I was like, I have never used a Magnum condom. I think you're tripping. And she was like, you're really going to question a professional? And I shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yo, I'm not gonna lie. It was a confidence booster. It must it be nice. I have no she, idea what that's like. She did so many nice things to you. Yeah, that's so amazing. It was amazing. What a sweetheart, dude. What, what a sweetheart. No girl you needed a bar is gonna say that to you. Kill me. No girl is gonna be like you while you're fucking. I know what I'm doing. You need a magnum. Even if it, even if like it was for some reason it was a trick and it wasn't actually a magnum and it was something small like in some weird universe she can make those. Mm -hmm. Like it still feels good. <laughs> That's she, nice. Like, it was nice. That's she was amazing. so fucking that she nice. Was, so at this Dude, point, most women at bars can't even fat. spell the word condom. So They're like a what? I was like, oh, oh you're fat. I'm about to fuck all your rolls, bitch. Like, <laughs> you're gonna fuck the fat down. Of you. Yeah, seriously, I'm gonna work it off of you. you ready to lose some calories, homegirl? Because the shit's going down. Right? And so she's like, alright, let's go to the room because she has this other room where I first got undressed yeah. and there's a fucking air mattress in there and I was like, fucking sweet! And I, I just go in there and I fucking plop down like fucking Superman and I'm laying down. You lay down like, sideways like a Burt Reynolds? Yeah, like dude, a bearded? Like, like a bearded Burt Reynolds? And I was just like, oh yeah. And she was like, well, I like your dog. And I was like, first thought was like, I really wanted you to do the work, but... I feel great, so I'll totally pound it. I'll totally shed a great butt too. Yeah, so I, I was like, yeah, yo, I feel like this. And you're an ass man. <laughs> and you're an ass man. You're a big, you're yeah, a big I'm ass, an ass man. So it was all Danny. So she loves them. Loves them. I just start going to fucking town, and within like five minutes, Chris is done. And so I'm about to bust, and I didn't want to just bust like in my condom. Be like, uh, I was like, fuck that. And so right as I'm about to bust, I just grab her arm and I flip her over and I just bust all over her fucking tits, and she's like. And I was like, yeah, victory! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
As soon as I call I'm like, ah, oh, I just wanted to call on your tits. Ah. And she was like, it's okay. And she's like, doing this this thing. Thing. <laughs> And so I come on her and then she's like, it's okay, you're done. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And she gets up and she's going to clean herself off. And she goes into like the massage room and I'm in this like den area or whatever. And uh, I put my clothes on. And then, I, like, as I'm putting my clothes on, I didn't even fully get them on yet. I, like, had my pants on. And then I was like, what fucking time is it? Like, I paid this girl for an hour. Yeah. And so I looked at my clock, and it was, like, 6.40. And I had, like, 20 more minutes left. So, so I straight you guys talk? dropped them again and went in there, and I said, you need to work on my back. And she said, no problem. And started fucking working <laughs> on my fucking back. That's cool. You That's are awesome. smart, man. After an hour, she's like, okay, we're done. And I was like, that was fucking amazing. Thank you. And she's and like, she's by like, the way, I'm 16. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> she was 40. <laughs> this is a sting. <laughs> she was 40. Stick him up, she, asshole. She, wait, she was 40? Yeah, she was She did 40. not look 40 in the picture, dude. She was 40. Hey, if you're listening... Good for you. Dude, it was it was one of my <laughs> best experiences. And I know she's listening with too. This the last 30 female. minutes is all how about how awesome How sad is that though? How is that going to be one of my best experiences with a female is from a fucking prostitute or a whore or an escort that I have never I met? We'll talk about that. I don't even know. We're going to discuss And yet she's going to pamper me compared to all these other girls that I have been dating and all that. Like, why aren't I getting pampered by the girls that I'm dating? Why why does it take me to pay 120 fucking dollars to get any sort of like actual fucking like love? and affection even though it wasn't love or affection I don't know the exact word to put on it but it was fulfilling as fuck it was some of the most fulfilling sex that I have ever fucking had and it was from a fucking whore and I think we really need I know there's a lot of people out there especially women have like a really bad view of sex workers and even like even just strippers who don't have sex with guys for the money they dance for money some of them, of course. I got propositioned last time I went to a strip club to <laughs> have sex with a girl. Different story. Anyways, and there's such a, like, people look down on sex workers so fucking bad. But I think that's just a social thing. I mean, if you look at Australia, for example, they legalize prostitution. Um, but, of course, you can't just, you know, there's street prostitution is still illegal. You have to go to a brothel that's licensed. There's 23 licensed brothels in Australia. And they've estimated through a couple of studies that, um, it was in 2004 they lasted the study, I think, and they estimated only 2% of sex workers walk the street and do it illegally that way. The other ones are all working at brothels, and it's, here's the thing about, that. people are like, oh, aren't you afraid of getting a disease? It's actually, you're more likely to get a disease by going to a bar or a place like that, picking up a girl, um... The Kirby Institute did a few um, tests, and what they found was they tested a lot of people for, they, you know, did a poll for chlamydia, and of young males, 16.3% tested positive for chlamydia, out of young females, 15.6% tested positive, out of gay men, 9.1% tested positive. There's no statistic on uh, lesbians, so that's weird. <laughs> but when they tested uh, brothel workers, only 5.6% wow. ever tested positive. Part of that is because they test on a very, very regular basis. Like, they do the whole... B and whenever a guy goes in there, they put him under the light to see if there's any <laughs> irregularities, oh, wow. as Jim Jeffries yeah, put it. Yeah. Um, I would go to every single and, one of those problems. And there's a lot of things you got to understand about it. Um, a lot of these women are only doing it because if it's less of a social stigma. And, like, <laughs> there are, like, there are some that work in the brothel, and there are some that do what's called uh, their sole operators, 
where they don't work for a brothel, but they don't walk the street. It's kind of like an escort, but oh, they, yeah, they, they look at it a different way. They're basically like um, the companions from Firefly. I don't know if you guys have seen, you've never seen that show. No, yeah, it's a big, you're a big fan like, of that show, though. Yeah, where like you can be a great, and it's actually really respected, <laughs> like career. <And laughs> but like, what's funny is it's so much. Um, I want. I do want to do the educational statistic. They um, they found over a quarter of brothel workers have attained their bachelor's degree or higher in their education. Damn. All right, and when it came to regular citizens between fifteen and sixty four. 21% have reached that same level. <laughs> so it's slightly less regular people. So these aren't just like crazy, you know, just people like whacked out or anything. And that's why what we're trying to say is that it's not like when it's illegalized, when it's a legal form of services, you're paying money for a service. That's all it is. It's something that human beings not only want, but they need. And you set up a business to where it's a safe environment to do this transaction, and it's okay. It's actually, like we've said, like it's safer. These aren't just, like, um, people worry, like, because prostitutes use drugs, all that kind of stuff. Well, they, you know, did a you know, test on that, did a drug testing. Only 2% of brothel workers tested positive for using drugs. Ew. 2%. That's Ew. it. Soul operators did 8.5%. <laughs> but street-walking prostitutes, which are the only prostitutes allowed in this country, 75.8%. <laughs> Fucking insane. That is a crazy it's, And I think it's the same argument for marijuana. It's that, well, you're what you're doing by making uh, marijuana is illegal, we're giving these cartels in Mexico so much power. These illegal people who don't give a fuck about what they're selling as long as they're making money, and they're giving them so much power, and it creates all this crime, just like Prohibition created so much... Exactly. That's what, cre that's what created organized crime, was Prohibition. Exactly. And prostitutes the same way. You're making it dangerous by saying you can only do it illegally on the black market, and you have to be around certain people who are willing to do illegal shit yeah. in order to get it. But so people, makes it more dangerous. Criminal, people love breaking yeah. the rules. Wait, hold on, I'm a criminal? Yo, it, we're in Nevada. From what we're I did. in Nevada, it's a little bit different, but um, like, like Addy said, um, <laughs> people love to break the rules. People love the idea of doing what they are told they cannot do. And that's another reason. Continue. Chicago so. has the strictest gun laws, and they're the number one or number two for the most crimes in the city. Yeah, guns. and I think it just goes back to the whole... Um, like, you know, it's it's just sex. People have sex all the time. You set up a camera, it's porn, completely legal. <laughs> but that's because you're you, paying taxes. And they get paid. That's and they because get paid you're paying taxes. Yeah. Make prostitution legal, you can pay taxes on that, homeboy. Yeah. Let those brothels pay their fucking, fucking what's, what's penance. This one is... Um, Continue. No, you go ahead. Okay, go um, ahead. so yeah, it, well, that's Australia, which is awesome. It's, it's legal. Look at a lot of uh, countries where drugs are legal, way less violence than here in America. Like, okay, so... Like, um, taking it back to that, he says, organized crime. Organized crime started here, or was in Italy, uh, prior to Sicily, everything like that. It didn't come here till um, uh, Giuseppe Morello. Giuseppe Morello was, like, the first, kind of, like, the first family of the mafia ties. I, th I believe he came here in 1864. Um, and then their family, basically, is what started the reign of the mafia, at least from 1864 all the way to 1996, which is the kind of the, the last uh, push uh, for the mafia reign. Um, but that there you go. It was when you when you can't do something when something's illegal, it's business. That's there's money in illegal activity always. So and prostitution wise, so um, as Adney said in in Australia, it's 
it's amazing if you look at the statistics it's it's healthy it's it's not a really there's no really kind of stigma behind it there because of the fact that it's sex there's nothing bad there's no fucking violence behind it now if you compare that to America so more cash flows through the sex industry in America than guns and drugs combined yeah sex trafficking yeah, yeah. that doesn't sex surprise me at all sex sells yeah, ladies and gentlemen sex sells now prostitution okay just to give you an example prostitution is more dangerous than logging fishing in Alaska <laughs> or working on an oil rig <laughs> in this country where it's illegal in this country the death rate for prostitutes is 204 for every 100,000, whereas the death rate for the for fishermen's is almost half at 129 for every 100,000. Wow. Moreover, prostitutes get attacked. Most deadliest catch my ass. Yeah. Exactly. Moreover, prostitutes get attacked physically on average of once per month with wow. no legal recourse without finding themselves arrested. So in the end, prostitution is a, it's a little bit more preyed upon than anything else here in America because it's so because aggressive. it's illegal. Yeah, yeah and because like you have to, like you have to be in a place where cops can't catch you, then all those cops also can't protect you, and that's why a lot of girls like have like those pimps. But even when you have a pimp, you're not guaranteed. He's still a while away. He has a time he's gonna be there. Yeah, but anything can happen between now and that time. Exactly. It's so. Fucking dangerous, especially a guy Dude, who's I'm gonna be like shocked that that site even exists. Why would you put yourself through? Like, I don't know if I would be able to do something like that in America. Now, if we're in Australia, the Netherlands, a little bit uh, different. Europe well, the most countries actually, yeah, most it's countries, a America, yeah, it's a fucking career. <laughs> stock options. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of re like a lot of less religious countries, it's fine. It's not as bad. Like, look at Russia, for instance. There, no one in Russia is. Dude, it's like zero percent. Believe in God. You want to know why? Because it's fucking cold. Okay. <laughs> no one believes in that. Because but it's they're cold. like, but like, there's such a religious monarchy, so people have to pretend. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy, like <laughs> like Pussy Riot played near a church. Oh yeah, prison. Pussy, Riot. Pussy Riot's amazing. <laughs> uh, but no, um, it's like uh, but there are good things about prostitution in general. The wide range throughout the world the is, fact, like, the is the fact the, that like, um, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> they can't refuse you, which is nice. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, that is that's bad. not. True. That's they not can. true. They can. They can. Yes, I understand. And if you're not a fucking but chauvinistic, just like some guy, fucking crazy rapist, then you're gonna go home. Yeah, you're not gonna not force a, yourself. Your thing. Like, you're not a weird guy. You don't get refused, which is nice. That's the thing, though. Like the like in real life in the dating scene, it's the asshole that gets laid. Yeah, it's the exact. Thing. But in the prostitution scene, the nice guy yeah. finally gets it. It's nice, exactly. And it's exactly. not stressful. Like what well, everything that Chris just told you. Guys, hey, listen, listen, listen. Prostitutions, nice guys finish first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's that's exactly how it goes right there. Like you don't have to deal legalize with legalize it. You don't have to deal with all the Hashtag bullshit. Legalize it. Yeah, you don't <laughs> have to deal with all the bullshit that comes with dating. In the end, we're all trying to get laid. All of us. It's human nature. It's it's that simple human nature that's like reproduction. There's there's no bullshit. Uh, they leave immediately afterward, which is very nice. Like I or you get a twenty minute back massage. You like after that. Like, and, and if you take, like, high-class prostitutes, like, high-class whores are actually usually more clean than their average party girl. Escort. Yeah, yeah escort. Sorry. And it's what they think of it as it's bad for business if high-class escorts carry diseases because they get paid top dollar by politicians, movie stars, CEOs of corporations, etc., and they, they get tested way more than the average person. So in the end, you're more safe 
They're more by cognizant. going to a prostitute. And this is okay. So in Vegas, okay, this is a crazy thing. So in Vegas, there are actually prostitutes in Vegas that are in Caesar's Palace that hang around in Chanel suits oh, with their hair pulled back. Dude. Yeah, they're they're inside Caesar's Palace, hanging out with their hair pulled back, carrying a briefcase, and looking like businesswomen. Security doesn't do anything about it as long as they're discreet. I mean, technically, they can't do anything because you can't just kick yeah, every businesswoman. Right, yeah. You can't just kick every businesswoman out that walks in because you have an inkling that that might be a whore. But I mean, that's like that's crazy, and it's Imagine. good. It's bad for business if you if you give diseases out. It's bad for business. You are a businesswoman. Yeah. You are your own. Hey, you're a fucking self-employed motherfucker. I respect you one hundred. You're looking after your business, and you're. It's not just a like they're way more cognizant of the possibilities. Of how, they know they're having sex with multiple people. They know. They have to be careful. It's they're way more aware of it. Whereas a lot of girls who just go to bars and like hook up with guys at like, you know, when they just meet them on the street or whatever, they always you always think every human being goes, oh, it's not gonna happen to me. I can drink and drive. Uh, people not, people get in the crash, but it's not gonna happen to me. They'll get pulled over. Not gonna happen to me. This happens. That's not gonna happen. Everyone always assumes. It's not going to happen to them because they're the main character in their movie and they're always going to make it through. Fucking great. Exactly. But when, but they, these women, they, they know the real world. A yeah, lot better. they're so fucking gangster that they make gangsters look like bitches. They do. <laughs> <laughs> That's best of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they I have, have to be I more have the, I I think I might have more respect and... I will treat an escort at better bar. than I'm going to treat at, at our first experiences when we're first seeing each other than I'm going to treat a girl at a bar or then I'm going to treat a girl over here or, or over here just because I know because of their profession and how they run shit that they're not going to bullshit me. Whereas that girl, I don't know what the, I can't tell you how many times I've spent $120 going out on a date, getting my hair done, going out for drinks after the date, and then nothing has happened. Whereas I weighed $120 and not only did I get a massage and I get laid, I got pampered as well. Like tell me where the bad is. Yeah, tell me where the bad is in that situation because it's not there. The only bad is this moral high ground that everyone's standing on where prostitution is bad. That's the only bad thing that you can say about that experience. You because you never went to a prostitute. No, no, fuck that, dude. It's the oldest profession. Are you kidding me? There's a reason it's been around for so long. Okay. It it's, works. That's plain, plain and simple. It <laughs> fucking works. Like, and they've done tests where, like, they've, like, okay, so if you don't acknowledge the fact that we as a species and uh, chimpanzees as a species both evolved from a similar ancestor, if you don't believe that, well, I mean, come on, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, and they think <laughs> but the world's fucking flat, too. But that's true. And what's funny the is that they've, flat. Oh they've my done tests where they've, they've done tests where they've given, like, male, oh, male chimpanzees bananas <laughs> and fruits. And it got to the point to where these chimpanzees were going to the females and giving them their fruits in order to have sex with them. Ah. So chim fucking pins at bah! <laughs> these apes! They're apes! <laughs> they're fucking each other and giving each other fruit! We do that now! They're doing I'm gonna hand you fruit and you're gonna suck that it, baby girl. Thing. That's all I'm saying. This business works so well that it crosses species borders. <laughs> how That's how far crosses... Do you want the banana or not? It bridges the gap between species and it makes us closer as just inhabitants of the planet. That's how far back it fucking goes. Prostitution. We just conquered evolution right there. Like, that's it. Prostitution. Darwin Darwin knows straight up. That's how Darwin got his theory. Darwin's like, 
Damn, I've been giving these apes uh, grapes and bananas for how long they're fucking each other. We do the same thing here. What era would you want to live in? You know? What era would you want to live in? Since, I, like, I, prostitution's, so prostitution's been around forever. Been around. Apparently, prostitution's been around since apes were fucking apes before the humans were even fucking here. Yeah, I think, like, okay, so maybe the best time to visit prostitutes would be like, okay, so I'm gonna say like 1950s or so, right before like AIDS and stuff. Right in between, right before right AIDS in between the wars. Like before right free after, love. Before free love. Yeah, before, before free love. Because it's so much more forbidden, yeah. and that, in America at least, it's way more forbidden at that time, so it's way more awesome. Oh, dude, the way women, the way women were forced to dress back then was fucked oh, so up. Hot. You can't like, oh, it's hot. Are you talking about less more? No, no, no. Oh, that's, that's a little bit. I like. Yeah, that's a little bit more. I'm one of those guys that thinks like sometimes less is more. Like it's just like, Ooh, what's under that? Instead of like being showed so much, it's almost the, the surprise is everything. But oh, you like the nice knitted sweaters oh, and the big do. ass no, no, no. Skirt. I just like that's kind of my thing. I like long dresses like down. <laughs> the, like down to the fucking heels. Pin up girls, basically. I think it's cute. It's fucking adorable. Um, Watch because, Pleasantville. All those girls. There you go. But that's like the, the prime example. Like, um, again, he said, being uh, in the 50s, the way that it's forbidden. You're not supposed to be fucking these prostitutes. But that's before the disease got out of hand. Like, all the crazy STDs that we have nowadays. I mean, condoms. Wait, hold on. I mean, You're trying to tell me that these STDs didn't exist in the fucking... No, no, they did. They no. did not all, like, AIDS... Did it's it. the big one. With this, that was after this time period. Eighties, AIDS. There was eighties, but there was still like syphilis, right? Yeah, no, there was gonorrhea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. syphilis. There was gonorrhea. Dude, a lot of these. I bet you these motherfuckers, like in the eighteen hundreds, they were just a living, breathing ST. That's what I'm saying. That is 50s, why I could it's not. It's the closest you can get to the really bad diseases, <laughs> but at least still, but like you still like it's far back enough, but close enough at the same time. So you See, guys would actually go back. No, you guys no, would no, go no. back. Or so my. You, so you're down for the. That's just for prostitution. If just talking, okay, if we're talking just you want to visit an era, if you want to just visit an era, any era, that's a lot fucking harder to, 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 to decide. I mean, 50s, like, if I was going to go back to the 50s, I have to deal with racism. So, me yeah, too. I would literally be black. I would probably no, no, no if you're, like, you get a time machine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I know See, my ancestors are black. My grandpappy was black, so I'd be horrible. Adney is Adney is part Hispanic, but you don't really see it on him. Like you can't. He's not. He has a year round tan. You don't really see it. I don't see color or or window wipers or wind window wiper window wipers. Um, no. It's... Like I've said before on the podcast, my whole life I've gotten it right away when people meet me. Oh, that guy's brown. I've gotten it my whole life. I can see maybe, it brown. Maybe I living in Reno, not that. being as, not as much sun, not as dark. I, I, but... I compare you to every guy that I work with that's Hispanic, and it's like, my he's Italian. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that olive skin, homeboy. But no, I, I do understand, like, boy. he has gotten it, and even, like, growing up, his, like, there's, because his mom's adopted, and, uh, there's her side of the family, which is, like, crazy Hispanic, some of them, and, uh, they even told, like, Adney's been told, don't hang out with your white well, friends, that's and, 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 let's, not sorry, let, okay, let's not talk about that, but, um, let's, let's go back to era, so, yeah, you dealing with racism back then, that's fucking terrible, that's, so, like, we, are, neither one of you guys would go, no, 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 to so, the past, so, um, there's okay, probably the past. certain eras where I could, like, I would want to go, like, no, um, if you had to go in and you had to live in one era and this was going to be like, you are able to retain all the knowledge that you have right have to now. to stay there forever? And you have to stay there until, until you die. Die. That's a different story. Um, That's maybe, the question I want to know. I don't know. Like, I, maybe a place in... Do you want me to start? Like in the Mediterranean no. or something? Because oh. the olive skin... 
You know what I mean? That's smart. Like Rome or um, yeah, Rome would be because tight. Because Rome actually, was on there. Actually, I was thinking about Rome because I do know a lot about uh, their religions, their mythologies. You know, before Christianity came in. So I think I could kind of fit in. I, I really like it. I that. love it. I think I'd got. I mean, the fucking little boys thing is a little. Much. Yeah, they, they, I don't they know fuck. if I could see Socrates, and I'm like, yo, bro, I know you're banging little boys, and you're gonna stop that shit, bro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so I have two points of wh- uh, where I want to be. So if going back in there, that's the difficult thing. It's like, where do I want to go back? But you're it's, able to it's retain easy for everything me. that you know now. No, it's easy for me. because Exactly. It's easy for me because I am a white fucking kid. I'm a white male. I'm privileged. I can, I can go oh. back in time. It's no problem. So I can go back in any era I want. But the only reason I would like to go in somewhat into the past, I would, I would like to live in New York at the turn of the 20th century. And the reason being, it's that it's because uh, Nikola Tesla's career started taking off during that time. Nikola Tesla was an inventor. Uh, a, you just want to date him. I love him. I, I, I'm obsessed well, with just everything just, that he's done. So he's going to use this amazing time travel thing. To, well, to <laughs> go back, like, I would, I would and meet one of no, the just, most amazing okay, people listen, in time. Yeah, yeah it's kind of worth so it. So I would have... trying to be funny. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have been... A, uh, to, been around to see his inventions, like if I can know him personally, especially during uh, the World's Col- uh, Columbian Exposition in uh, 1893, where Nikola Tesla, working for uh, George Westinghouse, outbid Thomas Edison for a chance to light up the festival, which is the most amazing exhibition that's ever happened in, in American history. And Nikola Tesla was able to light it through electricity, ushering us into the new like, picture the age. Star Expo, yeah, but better. Ushering us into the new age of light using. Alternating was current. The, what, was, what was the party called? It, no, it's called the uh, World's Columbian Exposition nah, in 1893. There's another one. Um, I'm not sure. What you're, but, I'll, I'll bring it up. Go ahead. But, Keep uh, going. Yeah, Tesla's alternating current lit up the exposition. And it was the most beautiful thing anyone has ever seen. Just, and he outbid Thomas Edison. I would have loved to see that. I want you to tell the people really quick. About everything that Edison didn't do that Nikola actually did. Okay. Everything? Um, it's pretty much like no, everything. Quick, that's what I'm saying. Like quick, some, quick. Okay, so Thomas Edison was just a businessman in general, and he would literally hire people to create things, and then he'd steal their inventions. And don't get me wrong, he created the light bulb. He's done a lot for uh, ingenuity in general, like for the human race. But he, was a but he hired Nikola Tesla on from Croatia. Nikola Tesla, Nikola Tesla came over, hired him on, and said, Hey, I want, I'm using... Direct current, that's ACDC, that's where you get the band, everything like that. I want you to come on, I'm going to pay you $50,000 to fucking fix my dynamos. So Tesla, Tesla did that, spent day in, day out working, fixing his problems. And then when he came to get the money, Thomas Edison said, you must not understand American humor. And he didn't pay Tesla anything. Tesla went on his own, worked for George Westinghouse Company, and he did, I, I, I wish I could tell you everything he's done. I mean, it's like robotics, radio, radio is credited to uh, um, Giuseppe Marconi, but Marconi actually got recredited back to Tesla in the 1970s, I believe. Other people brought it to court. But Tesla was a guy who died poor. He was penniless, virgin, everything like that. But everything we have nowadays Technology-wise, wireless energy, we owe to this guy. And Thomas Edison, the God of Lightning. yeah, Thomas Edison did everything in his power to destroy this guy's career. Thor. So Thomas Edison, in general, no. is a fucking cunt. And not Raven? only that, no. but J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan, we all know the Morgan family. We all know like the big, well-known family. J.P. Morgan put money in to help Thomas or to help Nikola Tesla 
create, he wanted to create this giant thing called Wardenclyffe, which would give free energy to the world. And when JP Morgan put his money in there, he says, where's the meter going to be so we can make business off of this? Nikola Tesla said, this is all going to be free. It's free energy for the world. I don't want to charge anybody for this energy. JP Morgan pulled his money and the project got fucking shut down. And then JP was... Morgan went and formed his own fucking company. And we have yes. JP Morgan that you know as today, the humongous corporation that has all these stocks and is just a powerhouse of a company. Pretty much stole Nikolai Tesla's idea. But because Nikolai Tesla didn't have the traction and the funding to do what he wanted to do, they just, they just fucking stole it. We're, we're living in a time where there is no such thing as copyright. Like, that doesn't fucking exist. You know, when you make it, that's yours. And until you show me and it's physical and I can see it, you don't eat shit. Well, that's a good phenomenon right there because this is what no one really knows about Nikola Tesla is so everybody, when they're creating... He made Wi-Fi. Just so, so I just wanted to... He, is, he made Wi-Fi in, like, 19-fucking-90 well, or... or not, no, sorry, it was I apologize. 18, 1893... Or, no, 1894, he created wireless... I believe it was around there. Sorry, the 1890s in general. Wireless technology. He is the fucking reason we have anything wireless. I, I think it was in 1917 he wrote to an engineering magazine. It was either 17 or 27. And he said, uh, in the future, there will be a device where you get all your information on. All your news and information. You'll be able to... Talk to people as if you were face-to-face, -face, even though you'd be thousands of miles away. This device will be so small, you could fit it into your breast pocket. You called it radio telegraph. That is telegraphy. cell phone. That is a fucking cell phone. You predicted it radio almost 100 years before. So somewhere. basically, he was Howard Stark from Iron Man and the Avengers. Yeah. In that he was limited by the technology of his time, mm. but he knew what was coming. Yeah. And he invented renewable free energy, just like Howard Stark made the arc reactor. Um, he had that giant, he was part of that giant expo the way Howard Stark was like, had the Stark expo. He was doing parties all the time. He was like a big party guy as well. Oh, like, you're thinking of Tony. No, 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 no. I'm thinking Nikola Tesla. He would throw parties. Yeah, and Look you're comparing him to Tony Stark, yeah, yeah. and Howard Stark wasn't really like Oh, sorry, my bad. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. I'm sorry, oh, he's yeah. more out because he's the the father. He's the guy who like was this incredible mind out of nowhere who set up what would could happen in the future. Yeah. He set that all up. So the phenomenon I was talking about... Like Just trying to connect the, you know, some yeah. of the comic nerds out there <laughs> to what's going on. Um, so, <laughs> in, like, like I was saying, so um, the phenomenon that no one can really explain was... So everyone creates something and then they fix it. So like you invent something and it doesn't work. You keep fixing it. Like when Thomas Edison was asked, I'm paraphrasing, he was uh, asked, I know this. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, like 200. Yeah, he was like, what was it make to make 200 light bulbs? Because I didn't fail 200 times. He did something like that. I didn't fail 200 times. But um, I just found out 200 ways to not make a light bulb. Or he said something along those lines. Yeah, that's, it's, that's a paraphrase. Which it's something to the effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what Nikola Tesla would do, which people still can't understand to this day, he would invent something in his head. And he would figure out the problems. He would be like, what? he would invent it in his head. And he would, he would see it, like, in his mind's eye. And he would see the problems with it. He would fix the problems in his head. Oh, that doesn't work. This doesn't work. And then once he got the full product in his head, he would invent it and it would work flawlessly. What? Yep. You're trying to tell me that once he finally built whatever invention it is, that it worked without... Yes, because he would do all the mathematics. He would do all the engineering wow. in his fucking head. No one can understand that. And he'd also have flash... When he would get sick, he would have flashes of light. And he would see future product or projects that he was working on, and he would fucking invent them. The guy what? was 
out of this world. There's this book. He was a god. Dude, there's this there's this book called <laughs> It was Zeus. Man Man Out of Time is the name of this book by Mark Zeus though. And it's amazing. <laughs> and you know what's funny is like a lot of people stole his inventions. Marconi is one of them. He was credited for uh, radio. And Nikola Tesla said, I'm not mad that they stole my inventions. I'm just upset that they don't have any of their own. And that to That's me so is deep. amazing. That, and you know what's also good is like people weren't people what weren't ready, cakes. dude. People people were not people were not ready for his inventions. Another another quote is um, they can have the present because the future, which I really worked for, belongs to me, and everything we have nowadays is because of him. So, so this would, is why that's the era I would like to go back to so to see badass. that guy, which would that be awesome for me because I'm going back to 1776, which is right. <laughs> <laughs> like I fuck the future, fuck all that. I feel like if I could go in the past and create the change in 1750, racism, this, this isn't even going to be here anymore. Like this time that we're living in won't even fucking be here. So I won't be George Washington. I won't be Thomas Jefferson, but I'm going to be on that board when they're signing that Declaration of Independence, I'm the dude that's in the back that's going to be elected to the 14th fucking president. What you should do is you should take Janet, uh, John Hancock's position. He didn't really do much. So you could take that position and be exactly. like, and everyone's going to be like, I need your Chris Smith right here on this signature. Sign your Chris Smith. <laughs> hey, excuse Send me. Send your uh, John Hancock, dude. <laughs> yeah. Please give me your genius. Chris Smith. <laughs> Can you write down your Chris Smith for me? Like, dude, that is... <laughs> change me. It's funny because you go back in the past and you come back to here, everything's still the same except that's the only change. <laughs> I did a good oh, job. I I did a great barely, barely the butterfly Fish, effect dude. is fucking bullshit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Butterflies are fucking liars. Butterfly, it's like my fucking nuts. I'd be so but, uh, fucking mad. So yeah, why why that though specifically? Because you would like give me a good reason, a solid reason why that date specifically, if you can. I want to go to the when they sign the Declaration of Independence because I want to call them out as they're signing the Declaration of Independence. Because all men are created equal. Dot dot dot. What about slaves? Yeah, yeah that's exactly, exactly. Ex- dude, that's exactly. exactly what I want to do. So I'm like, gonna be the fucking heckler at a comedy show. What about this fucking? <laughs> so there is to get that guy out of like, here. So I would have to. I would have to go back like. Two or three years before the declaration was signed and kind of like get a staple within this community or whatever and like wedge my way in to where that I have pull and then once I have pull and then they're all signing this shit I'm like hey well what about this and what about this and I'm bringing up little shit well I'm sure there was people that like that were there at the time that were sub- not but supporting the, the thing slave that's trade be different with me that these motherfuckers don't know is I know about yeah I have knowledge. 300 fucking years of knowledge that I'm about to fucking just bomb like I'm about to create Google in 1776. Well, they're gonna, they're, you're, you're going, dude, they're putting you in insane yeah. insanity. Yeah, right? try and explain. Yeah, insane asylum immediately. Explain the internet. Oh, really? Oh, really? You're, th- okay, you're from year 300? Okay, come with me, little Wait, don't you think that's we what Nikola Tesla was doing right at the fucking time? Sick. Was trying to persuade people that he's not fucking crazy and not send him to the fucking loony bin? So that's why he's sitting there working on all these fucking inventions so he can actually give them proof? So he's oh, not fucking crazy? maybe Nikola Tesla's from the year 3000? <laughs> <laughs> maybe so? As he was super tall. He was super tall. We know through evolution you get taller. Who knows? Maybe Nick Lidl is way ahead of his time. Literally. 
He's like, listen up, little buddies. He does seem like the kind of guy who would figure out the time machine. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, he went to H.G. Wells and was like, look, H.G. He gave H.G. Wells he, he gave H.G. Wells the idea for science fiction by telling him about, <laughs> oh, what about, what about men in a book, uh, time machine, huh? Why not that? The Invisible Man? Good luck, H.G. Wells. Go out do your thing. <laughs> like, maybe we give credits and, yeah, H.G. Wells is science like, fiction. H. Jules Verne? Fuck no, that. H. Jules Verne and Nicola, I mean, and H.G. Wells had nothing to do with science fiction. It's all because of Nicola Tesla. H.G. Wells was like, well, I had this idea for, like, a, uh, it's a book where, like, there's a guy, like, you can't see him. He's invisible. And, <laughs> nah, you can do that later. No, do this time machine. <laughs> this is a really good one. It's real. You need to do it. You're going to dig it. Which you know, which upset me because I was so excited to read The Time Machine and I read it and I was disappointed. It was not good. You so was everyone who saw the movie. You could have done so much more with it and I'm like, this kind of sucks. Like, it's a, it's a staple in like science fiction. You can't, if you're a science fiction nerd, you can't get it without knowing who H.G. Wells is or Jules Verne. Those are, you know, two fucking main people creating that genre. And so it just like, Wait, you can't you're know, not going to put Orson Welles in there? They, you don't consider Orson Welles what he did in 19, what, 30, no, no, the no. War of the Worlds? When War of the Worlds, no, H.G. Wells. Wells. He, just, he just, like, uh, did the radio call where he, he read from Oh, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Wells just the first, book. he was like, yeah, he was like the first, like, uh, radio guy. Yeah, H.G. Yeah, yeah. Wells. I apologize, that's Chris's yeah, dumbness War of the Worlds was created by H.G. Wells. Yeah, I don't know why you're He's the reason... We have science fiction, but just like you have, you have fantasy or at least dark fantasy. There was fantasy a little bit prior with uh, then uh, uh, what's called Tolkien, but Tolkien is like the godfather of fantasy, dark fantasy in general. So you get all these authors that like kind of birth the genre. It's like you get H, oh you get uh, Poe, but Poe isn't necessarily like. He he only wrote one novel, and it was uh it none of his stuff was famous at all. He wrote a lot of short stories, poems, everything like that. The genre, which when you talk to horror writers, people that just love extreme horror, macabre, splatterpunk, uh, etc., they always look at H.P. Lovecraft. Lovecraft oh. is that, that is their influence. So Poe, yes, cool. Poe, like, that's supposed to be the birth of horror, you know, the genre. Um, but H.P. Lovecraft, dude, he was the biggest influence for every horror writer nowadays and Forever on, like I'm telling you, the guy is amazing. Cthulhu, are you kidding me, dude? Uh, the Necronomicon, like the guy is a H. fucking Lovecraft genius, dude. H.P. No, Lovecraft. What's funny about it? I know, is, I know who he yeah, is. I just don't know. Like, and actually, what's, what's funny is with like, Poe and H.P. Lovecraft. Perfect example. Poe died. Like he is a bad alcoholic. I believe he died from alcoholism or something like that. But he didn't get famous. He actually got his one of his short stories got. I think got put into a, uh, another book that was like talking shit about his stories and he became famous after that. H.P. Lovecraft, same thing. He, he did all his stuff in Pulp Fiction magazines. No one knew who he was. He died poor as fuck. Wasn't famous. Most writers And then do. he became the most fucking influential uh, horror writer of all time. I feel like being an author is one of the most... Selfless and dude, it's unrewarding. Dude, exactly. Writers, writers in general for comedy, for everything. People don't. People know the actors. People know the actors. People know directors. They know sometimes oh, screenwriters, script. You know, screenwriters, stuff like that. People don't know the writers, which breaks my fucking heart because they are, the, they are the people Monday. that bring the imagination to the fucking screen. They, they, they are, dude. 
Yeah, they are the, the storytellers. The the they gems. are the dreamers of dreams. If I may quote fucking uh, Gene, Wilder. Gene Wilder. Thank you. Okay, uh, Gene Wilder. I got one though. I remember, uh, as the listeners will remember, when uh, Wes Craven died. Very um, And of course, he's such a rare example of just you know, an imaginative person. It's so rare that someone can create something and like write something that becomes incredibly iconic. He wrote, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, and that horror, um, just that, that was made in, uh, like, what, in the mid-70s, yeah. the first one came out. I believe so, yeah. And to this day, it's still so pervasive. They're still making movies about Freddy Krueger. He's so well-known. You got people still cosplaying as Freddy Krueger. He's such a huge, iconic thing. And he was able to do that. And then, a couple of decades later, in the 90s, Nightmare on Elm Street he did 84. it again with Scream. What was he it, made 84? Oh, okay, my bad. It was. Yeah. I was thinking of the Jason movies. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's besides the point. Decades later, a couple of decades later, he was able to make Scream, and that once again, man, he when into, Scream first came out, it was right a back fucking back. phenomenon, dude. Exactly. Like, it still it was an icon. It was. It's still yeah. It, it was, was the only. <laughs> it was the first horror movie where the people in it knew and realized they were in a horror movie, and they've seen horror movies before, so they knew how to act. And they reacted to it that way. And it was so meta before its time. Without it was... Scream, you have no Cabin in the Woods. You know what I mean? Uh, you're totally right. You're totally right. You and he did it. both of those things. And that was from his head. He invented that stuff. And I remember being at a bar with Dez. And we ran into a guy we know. And um, that got brought up because it had just happened. And I was like, it's so And I was talking about how he was such a brilliant writer. And like he did this and this. And this fucking kid... Was like, yeah, but you gotta really give the credit to Robert England for being Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, Which, fucking right, dude. The writer <laughs> character that he was literally. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Like, like, that guy created the, the fucking out. character, exactly. and then you're gonna come into it, and it's like you already have this. Mo- you like, here's your spacesuit. Get in it. Now you're an astronaut. Like, yeah. You what? Get, like, Fuck you. You, like, you have to give. Of course. Some, thank you. Of course. You have to give some credit. To Robert England for the way for the way he portrayed, portrayed the way he yeah, evolved him over the years, making him funnier and making him like and he's and like they had another actor come and play Freddy Krueger and it was it was horrible and I remember we hated that movie but also it, it was just a different movie it wasn't the same guy making it it wasn't mm-hmm. like Wes Craven's vision right you know so you have and like and the, that's the whole thing is this man created it out of nowhere he just came up in his head. Everything about, like, Robert England would come in and say, you know what? He should have knives on his glove. Hey, he should be a, a child molester and a, ra- and a killer. Oh, hey, he should be burned and wear this weird hat. And, like, no, Robert England didn't do anything of that. He, well, he had did all the tools, all the tools were handed to him, and then he built it, basically. But he put all the pieces, he had instructions on how to do it. Yeah, and, he, and went, he had all the tools. He wasn't missing it's a all tool. It's Not a, one yeah. fucking tool. It's the missing. difference between the chef, Stevie, and the cook, me. Okay, I can follow the recipe, okay, give me a few tries, I'll get it right. But he invented the recipe, right. he got all this out of nowhere, and that takes way more talent. Good analogy, dude, And it's, it's like, so fuck. No, you're still talented. So yeah, yeah you gotta <laughs> give Robert England like, at least 10% of the Robert England was the one who was like, how about I molest children, huh? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I guess, sure. And he goes, no, I'm too, I'm adamant about that. I don't want, the, uh, like, a, I want to molest children. <laughs> and it's like, I oh, think it'll be scarier. <laughs> 
All right, Bob, whatever you want, dude. Okay. Yeah. No, what he did was cadences. What he did was the little shit, the look, you know, when, yeah, when he's got like, the claw to his eye, he's fucking looking at you. He brought the life to that character. I will give it to him. He brought life to that character. But that character was already born. Like, it was ready to burst. It just needed somebody as a vessel to continue in. Yes. Okay, yeah, well, well, we fucking murdered that fucking one. <clears throat> right. Um, <laughs> we ran, like, the main thing. I want to talk world. about the Guerrero-Garcia fight. So we're going to go over to Fight go. Talk because we love fights. And hopefully our fans love Fight Talk because this yeah. podcast is never not going to have Fight Talk. I know we're going to seem like meatheads sometimes, but, I mean, we're into a lot of different things. We like to like things. And one of the things we like we is need to get a girl sports. on here. We like a lot of different sports, but, you know, we're really big on combat sports. And we want to talk about Garcia Guerrero. Um, I remember when this fight uh, was first signed. It was, I think it was the first time that I can remember where I was more excited for the build-up than the actual <laughs> fight. Because <laughs> these guys, when I look at their styles, Guerrero is a southpaw. It's always trouble fighting a southpaw. Because um, their right foot is forward, and an orthodox fighter like Garcia, his left foot is forward. You step on each other's toes, it gets ugly, a lot of headbutts happen. Guerrero is very aggressive, Garcia is very aggressive too, and he swings wide, wide hooks. With his left and his right, they're wide, out of like just swinging for the fences hooks. It's worked for him in the past, but... And so, like, just so everyone who doesn't know right now, this is Mr. Uh, Floyd, Mather, M- Floyd Mayweather's uh, weight class. So, Floyd yeah, Mayweather retired. 147 pounds. And so, and this is for, like, the belt or whatever. No, no, it wasn't for the belt at all. Uh, no, that's what they, May- that's no, what they uh, no, no. Uh, portrayed it as. I mean... Um, no, what happened was, okay, so May- when Mayweather, Mayweather retired after beating Andre Berto, and there was this huge... There was a huge power vacuum when he left. Everyone's trying to like, okay, so he was the legitimate champion. He wasn't a belt holder. Anytime you hear someone say the WBC champion, WA, any acronym, ignore it. It's just a crackerjack prize. They give him out. There's like eight title holders at welterweight. It's ridiculous. He it was, is fucking stupid. Floyd Mayweather was, but if you hear Ring Magazine or Lineal champion, you know that's the man. There's no question. Floyd was the man. He was lineal Ring Magazine champion. He left. That title is now vacant. And so they built this fight as this is the road to find out who is the I see. guy. I see. But Guerrero, you got, these guys you couldn't really argue were really in the top 10. You could argue they were like borderline top 15. But, you know, Garcia, had, they both had kind of a name because Guerrero had fought Mayweather and all that bullcrap. But I knew they were going to have an awkward style. And I was like, this is going to probably be an ugly fight. I was wrong about that, but what I would, but the thing is, both of their dads have a habit of just taking over press conferences and doing all the shit talking. Um, Danny Garcia's dad, it's Angel, fucking ridiculous, dude. and Robert Guerrero's dad, Ruben, <laughs> it's and they so just fucking, fucking funny man take over. Um, they take over the thing, and sometimes I remember like seeing it for the first time and going, "Oh, that's kind of smart." Because if you do all the shit talking as a fighter, you're seen as arrogant or, oh, he's just fuck. He's a fucking blur. He's he needs to calm the fuck down. He hasn't done anything yet. But if it's your trainer or your dad, better. It's more like, oh, what's his dad? Of course he's gonna talk shit. Right. So you still get like uh, casual fans being interested because they like shit talk. Casual fans love that shit. I, don't, yeah, yeah, I, don't I mean, it. I love. I don't I'm know. not. I mean, 
I'm trying. I'm getting into following boxing because of you. I can't even lie. I mean, I enjoy boxing, but I'm getting into enjoying boxing now because of you. But yeah, the whole thing that you're saying with like amping up the fight, you know, that shit I would, yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> because in like the UFC, what I'm used to, and like the veins that I watch is it's always the fighters. You know, it's never their trainers or their dads or anything. It's always the two fighters, and that shit gets so old, and it seems like it's overplayed. So when I was seeing all this stuff with Garcia and uh, Guerrero. That's, that's right, right, Guerrero? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was just fucking hilarious because it's not Garcia and Guerrero talking shit to each other. They're quiet. It's their fucking dads. <laughs> Dudes are fucking 60 fucking yeah. five plus. And they both had a history of doing that. So when it got signed, I was like, oh, I'm excited for that. I think the fight's going to be ugly, but the build-up's going to be <laughs> hilarious. And you have hilarious. Ruben Guerrero, who's the most Mexican guy you've ever seen. Mexican-American, I mean. Because he's that typical... Um, he reminds that me typical of, Latin. He reminds me of like... All my mom's brothers put together, add all their Mexicanness together. You know, he had his hat on. He had like those big butty butt out sunglasses on. You know, he had the the flannel button up on. He had like the big mustache with a little bit of a uh, you know soul patch goatee on. He's like, you don't know me, bro. You don't know, bro. We're warriors. We're warriors. We're fight, bro. You don't know, bro. That guy no, bro. I'm gonna slap him. I'm gonna slap Angel Garcia. You know. I'm gonna slap you, man. No, I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. Like, that's how he, We're warriors. That's what he was like going off for like 20 minutes, just saying the same thing over and over again. And Angel Garcia, uh, like hit, like he's Puerto Rican, but they, um, you know, immigrant. They they live in New York, and he's just like he just goes off on these. We- he talks super fast. He just goes, ah, my son beat anyway. He's a great fighter. And like they just go out. And remember that just being super entertaining, and them like almost getting into a fist fight. It was at fucking hilarious. Uh, the fight, as it turns out, um, wasn't ugly as I thought it would be. The first that. four rounds were Guerrero's. He was dirty boxing. He was in the pocket. He was fucking making it his fucking fight. He was using his physicality. He is. He can't like that's the thing. He can be really aggressive, and he can be more of a slick boxer. Um, he's been more aggressive lately, and he just came at Garcia like a fucking bull, because dude. Garcia throws those wide hooks. He was able to get in there and land his own shots, back Garcia up. Take away his power from him. If you're backing up, it's hard to throw power. It really is. Only really good guys can still throw with power fighting backwards. And he was getting Garcia, like you said, those first four rounds. Dude, the first four rounds, I was about to turn the fucking fight off. I was like, Guerrero is murking this fool. Because Garcia is just swinging for these crazy hooks. And, and Guerrero is so in the pocket that these hooks are just, like, grazing the back of his head. He's like, they're not even fucking facing him. Yeah. Yeah. He was so fucking dirty boxing. And, like, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was. I enjoyed watching it. I really did. I That's was like, wow, <laughs> this guy's really getting inside. He's really fucking working him. He's, he was outclassing him at first. And then round five happens and something fucking happened i don't know what fucking happened but in round five fucking uh garcia finally landed a fucking hook and it was a left hook and guerrero was like he was completely controlling the ring and he was all over the fucking place and then garcia lands this fucking hook and after that hook like guerrero just charged like he stopped boxing almost and it was just like he wanted to get so this is just my perspective but he wanted to get like so close to Garcia that the hook wouldn't land and so he was so close that he couldn't even throw his own shot he wanted to smother him yeah he just wanted to smother his own punches exactly Exactly. as a negative result Good um, perspectives from both of you guys watching the same fucking fight observation yeah exactly uh, good observation that's what I meant and that's the thing like Danny Garcia's best punch is his left hook uh like probably his best performances, you can credit to that left hook, like him knocking out the great legend that is Eric Morales. Even though Morales is way over the hill, he knocked him out in a rematch with a bombing left hook. 
Um, when he fought Amir Khan, Amir Khan was just outclassing way too fast, way too long reach, was out making Garcia look silly. Garcia's swinging those hooks and he's missing, he's hitting nothing but air. He looks like an amateur in When there. Garcia misses, he still looks like an amateur. He yeah, still he does, looks yeah. like an amateur. And he was, he was looking really bad in that fight. And then out of nowhere, he just clips um, a Khan like right by the earlobe, right on the chin, just bam. And he was out, and that was it. Wow! A look like one of the widest left hooks you've ever seen land. Like his elbow, his elbow wasn't even bent. Like his arm was straight. Do people assume he took a dive because of? Oh no! Uh, Khan has always had a, a iffy chin. Okay. He was like pro- I remember him being prospect of the year in I think two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and then in two thousand and eight he fought a guy, a Colombian puncher named Bradius Prescott, and just demolished him in fifty four seconds. Wow! Holy and shit! And everyone's like, oh dude. wow, Amir Khan what has a really testy chin. Wow! Fuck. And he's had a lot of trouble. Then he like he actually rebounded from that and he built his career up all crazy and he was doing great, and then it all came crashing down thanks to Danny Garcia. And that's how Danny Garcia became a like oh yeah, it's all pay attention to him. Then he fought a guy named Lucas Matisse who was who is. A fucking beast. This guy has incredible. One fifty five, right? That's what we're. No, at. no, this is at one forty. This is a below welterweight. Okay. And this guy, everyone's like, oh, this guy is destroying everyone. He's knocking people out. Of course, yeah, dude. Oh, little, little, little guys, day. Are, dude. They well, see, that's around. actually a really watched, funny comparison because in the UFC, the one forty guys aren't knocking out a lot of people. One fifty five, then you're not. But like the one forty, one thirty five, one twenty five within the UFC, there's knockouts. But there's not that much. There's really not. And I don't know if that's because, like, the gloves or, like, how big their bodies are or, like, I just don't know if it's a certain fighter and it's just, like, maybe, like, this is just the cream of the crop right now and they just don't have big punchers. But there's not a lot of knockouts in those lower those lower weight well, classes. You see all these little guys that actually, they're, like, dude, the best boxing matches that I've seen that I need to show me are the smaller guys. Like, I, like and uh, what is it? Um... Eric Morales versus Marco and Tony Barrera. Dude, oh, the I saw best that fight. fight I've no, ever I saw seen. that fight. I watched all three, right? There was three. Yeah, uh, I saw dude, the first one. Most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, I was, I was, I was texting Adney round for round. You know, and he said, like, oh, dude, you're a great observation. Because I was telling him, this is what I see. That You know, this, dude. Those are the most exciting fights to me. Fuck heavyweight fights. It used to be all about <laughs> no, heavyweight. I, agree. I, agree. I like the that's small not what I'm guys. I was just saying, that's that's like, but you see, power. like, knock, you still see knockouts. They take a lot more, but you still Boxers see knockouts. Way more punishment, dude. Way more to punishment. To the head. Than the UFC that's fight. a big thing. No, I think they just head. take more overall around punishment. I think at first. Now, this is coming from somebody like, yeah, I've boxed and yeah, I've fought, but I've never actually been a fighter. So You're a fighter and you street have, fighter in general. I mean, you can fight. Yeah, I've seen but street it's, 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 you. My, my, my point of view is biased, so take it with a grain of salt, but I believe that within the UFC, that these, these lower weight classes, because there's only, five, there's only three rounds and they're five-minute fucking rounds. You're going 12, three, 12 rounds at three minutes in boxing, no matter your fucking weight class. Or it's, I think there's one that's 10 rounds. 10 rounds. No, there's some no, no, it's, it's 10 rounds if they're not a, if it's not a oh, title I fight. I apologize. Oh, okay. all I want, but yeah, all 17 weight fight, classes, man. if it's a title fight, they do 12 rounds. There's three rounds, man. There's three rounds. They're not taking nearly as much punishment. So I think boxers just take more overall punishment. And now, I think that UFC fighters might get hurt initially, like, a lot harder, and, like, initially when they get hit, it might be a little bit worse, but long-term and everything, like, the boxer oh, is yeah. way that's, harder. That's, that's what we talked harder. about before. Oh, yeah. Brain trauma, and before when we talked about this, is the fact that the gloves weren't meant to protect your head, they were meant to protect the yeah. other guy's hands. Like, you wear gloves because you don't want to break your hands. Because as we, as people discovered how to throw punches and how to get 
um, all your body weight behind him and not just to punch with your arm, but to punch with your whole body, have it working at, as one. The power just increased so much, you were breaking your hands constantly. That's why I started giving gloves out. And because, because they're so big and you can punch for so long, as hard as you can, that damage to the brain just accumulates. And that's why, like I said before, guys die every year. And not just in back alley. I don't um, even know if I can name I'm a not person about, that's not died from MMA. I'm not talking about like in Thailand either. I'm talking about on big stage fights. Like the most, one, probably the most famous example um, was Ray Boom Boom Mancini versus Duku Kim. I don't know. Did I talk about that on the podcast? We, no, no. We talked about this personally, but you've never talked about this on the podcast. Oh, okay. Um, the reason why, it's the main reason why fights are no longer uh, 15 rounds. Um, oh, was, you did. Okay, did I, do it? I feel like I did this on the podcast. I think it was the second something. one, so continue. This uh, is, I think it was the second one. I think he's right. No, Bill right. Burr's, I've heard Bill Burr tell that monkey story like eight yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you every know what? fucking time. Exactly. So, <laughs> Adney yeah, is good perspective. Yeah, 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 good okay, so, um, feeding into this. So It was in, okay, so the um, mid-80s, um, there was a lightweight star by the name of Ray Boom Boom Mancini from Youngstown, Ohio. He was like this, you know, just that local kid. Everyone loved him. He was a really exciting fighter. He was a lightweight uh, champion. And then this one guy came from North Korea named Dooku Kim, who was a fucking animal. And he just, he, punishment did not hurt. There's a beautiful story about him, too, like a movie they made, and it's amazing. But they get it, they have a, they fight, and it's a brutal, just nonstop slobber knocker. In the opening round, like when Ray Mancini talks about it now, he says, opening round, I, we measured each other up, and then I landed like my money shot, just a hard, hard right hand that would have leveled most guys. And I hit him with it, and he s- takes a step back, raises his hands in the air, and just like, yeah, come on! And he's all, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really long night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they just went at it, round after round after round. I think it was in the 14th round. Opening seconds of the round, Ray lands a big, big right hand, drops Dooku Kim, and he doesn't get up. They count. They don't even think they finished the 10 count. Referee was like, this is, this is bad. They brought in the doctors. They brought in the stretcher. They put him on the stretcher. He's breathing, but very lightly. They can't get him up. There's something wrong. They rush him to the hospital, and three days later, he died. That was such. It was on such a big scale, and it was everyone saw what happened. Um, Ray's, it was live, right? Yeah, Ray's son got teased in school. Everyone saying, "Your father's a murderer. <laughs> Your father's a killer," and it ruined Ray's career. Because after that moment, he could never. He couldn't fight as hard as he. This guy wasn't a was like a pure boxer, like a Floyd Mayweather. He was a brawler. He was a come at you and brawl with you, and we're gonna go to a place. We're going to go to a deep, dark place. If you can't go as deep as I can, I'm winning. Who's going to go deeper? That's the way he fought. And he was never allowed to... He couldn't push himself that far ever again because he was afraid of that man getting hurt. And he he ended up losing a couple fights. He had to retire. Wouldn't you... Wait, before you keep continuing, putting yourself in that guy's shoes, how hard would it to be like... So you know if you put out 100% and you try and you give it your all... That you can potentially kill somebody like after you've done it. So 
what would drive you to want to push it that far again? That's why exactly. he didn't push it that far. Exactly. That's why he's losing. He's scared. To, he doesn't want to take someone like it's. It's for the sport. You're not doing it to hurt people. It's a boxing job. isn't. Boxing isn't about hurting, hurting the other person. Yeah. MMA is not about hurting the other person. You're you're doing a sport. It's a technique. You're. You, that's I why mean, that's there's why an I element love. to hurting people, but it's more yeah. about competition. I got, that's I why the people bunch, like, hugging each other out of From a boxing. perspective of a guy who's done it, who's been in the ring countless times and actually fought another human being, who's been in the gym countless hours, when you do that, you develop a respect that turns into a love for every other human being who does that. No matter what, even if you loathe the person, like there's some boxers who who learn to hate each other, there's still a respect there and a love for all the other fighters in the world. And when you're like, and because what you're looking at is you, when you're standing yeah. in that ring, it's just you and the other guy, and no one can help you. And what you're seeing is someone just like you, who sees the world the same way you do and wants the same thing you do. And it's hard to be like, and. And just sometimes when you've been to that situation, you're like, I don't want to hurt this guy because what if that happened to me? I can't provide for my family now. There's a few examples. Ezra Charles is one who, one of the greatest uh, light heavyweights and heavyweights of all time, but he he killed a man and he was never the same again. Also, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter that ever lived. Sugar Robinson's a fucking badass. He had he had a dream where he accidentally killed his opponent. Oh, uh, and he, he didn't want to fight. He did not want to fight. And they said you have to go through with it. He's like he's like it's fine. They finally convinced him it's fine. He's like okay. He went in there. I can't remember his name, but he killed him. Really? He hurt him, and he that guy went to the hospital and he died. Oh my fucking and everyone, science! Everyone dude. was so worried after seeing what happened to Ezra Charles. It's like, are you gonna be okay? Like, and they got there was one reporter that went to Ray and asked him. He's like, "Were you trying to hurt him?" And Ray said, "I'm in the hurt business." Yeah, it's a Best fucking response, that's, that's a dude. Horrible fucking question to fucking ask a fucking boxer. But it's, that's such a shitty but, question. But dude. that's the thing; these people they they feel bad because, like I said, they yes we we're in the hurt or you know speaking in general terms we're in the hurt business, but the sportsmanship behind it, I dude I I, I it no, brings I me to tears. Like no, it. no, it brings me to tears. Like literally, I'll fucking tear up when I'm like I told Addy this a million times when he first made me start watching boxing. And I'm watching these crazy fights, and I told him, like, dude, for them to go across the ring after the after the knockout, and for them to hug each other. So what? And like, dude, that like that, dude, that kills me. I'm I'm in tears right now. I'm not even joking. I have fucking tears in my eyes because it makes me so happy to see these people after a fucking crazy brawl, a war, and then for them to go up to each other and hug each other. You did great, man. Like, congratulations, dude. That fucking kills me. That's, you, I love the sport because of that, and, and I'm if, not a sports guy. And if you have any doubts as to what we're saying, or even if you're not even a sports fan and you just want to see something, either you need to watch Gotti War. I was just about to. I was just about to say Dude, that. If you're, I was just about to so say Gotti Ward. I'm not even joking. Ga- Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward, one <laughs> through three. Watch all three fights. One of like okay, so one of like probably my favorite. Um, thing a broadcaster has ever fucking said. Jim Lampley, I think, is the best Agreed. sports broadcaster and I don't of even all listen to boxing. Agreed. fucking time. Agreed. And he 
this guy has he brings so emo so much emotion to the game. The way he it, the most mundane thing can be happening and he can make it exciting. An exciting thing can be happening and he can make you cry doing it. And one of my favorite lines anyone's ever said during a fight. Round nine of Gotti Ward one. Ward was giving Gotti a shellacking. Dropped him with a left hook to the liver, which was M Mickey Ward's best punch. He had knocked out a bunch of guys with that punch. And when you get hit with the body and you go down, 90% of the time you're not getting up. Arturo Gotti, the wince on his face, the pain he was in, the way he was big, and he was still able to drag himself off that canvas, to bring himself back up, and to fight back. And he fought back, and he didn't just stand there and survive. He didn't tie up Ward and try to hug it out. He swung back. Ward gave it his all and punched himself out trying to knock out Gotti, and he couldn't get it done. And Gotti came roaring back with everything he had. But he punched himself out too, and Ward came right back on strong. And in the closing seconds, when Gotti is out on his feet, and that fight, you could argue, should have been stopped for, our, for Arturo Gotti's health. That fight should have been stopped right there, but he let it go on. And F Jim Lampley said, just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it at any time. Yelling at the referee. And that, you know, and that's, it was so unprofessional for him to get that emotional and to say something like because that. Because he's a fan. He's a fan before he's a commentator, and that makes moment, for the best commentator. In the Joe, moment, Joe Rogan, exactly. in the moment, that all went out the window. And... Anytime I hear that line, I start, I just get, I get emotional myself, and it really <clears throat> hits me. And if you watch those fights, you're like, oh my god, these guys must hate each other. They became best friends after that trilogy. Really Dude, yeah, that's the coolest thing. So I looked up all the information afterwards, just on Ward and Gotti in general, and I was shocked that they were like, truly best fucking now. friends. Truly best friends, and... I, I thank you say, for showing me. I thank you I just for showing me that fight. But if you don't want to watch three whole fights... Watch HBO's documentary, Legendary Nights, Gotti Ward. It's amazing. You'll cry. Anyways, back to Garcia Guerrero. So they fought. Um, Garcia ended up winning a decision, um, as he does. Uh, he's still undefeated. Uh, he's 32-0 um, and 0 with 18 knockouts. After that, he is now ranked 7th at welterweight. What? And he has a belt? Uh, yeah, he, he has a belt. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. But uh. He is ranked 7th. Uh, it's important, I think, what we should talk about what that means for the division going forward and what I think might happen. So, Manny Pacquiao is ranked number two at welterweight. But they've expressed a lot that this is most likely going to be his final year. I, he, I, wait, hold on. He's technically retired right now, right? As of no, January 27th. I'm talking about Manny Pacquiao. I apologize. I apologize. That's my fault. Um so, uh, Manny Pacquiao's ranked number two, and he's signed to fight Timothy Bradley for a third time. No way! Um, because officially, he's 1-1 one one against Bradley, even though he should be 2-0. and oh. They're going to have a rubber match. The first match. fight, right? Was the first one where he got cheated, yeah, right? Yeah, Because the second fight, he fucking won. And so, here's the thing. Um, win or lose, we have to imagine that by uh, 2017, Manny's going to be gone. And, it, and they build this as Garcia... 
or Guerrero, whoever wins, is going to be like the heir apparent. That's what they keep saying. Yeah. Yeah, to either Manny or Floyd. It's not. No, and I don't think either one of those boxers are Manny or Floyd. I really don't think so either. Um, even though he's under, yeah, thirty-two wins, no losses. He's beaten some really named guys. Okay, Guerrero, kind of a name, but Matisse, Khan, those are names. Those are really good wins. But Amir Khan is ranked number three at welterweight, and I think in a rematch he has a pretty good chance of beating him. Because that was that one shot that shook the world kind of thing. Um, but And, of course, Timothy Bradley is a bit of a veteran. People are saying, oh, he's like in his 30s. He's getting old. He might retire soon as well. He looks he, fucking great. He just hooked up, <laughs> he just hooked up with trainer he Teddy Atlas. Fucking hell young still, huh? Another mm-hmm. thing. Do yourself a favor. Go look up the Teddy Atlas fireman speech, everyone. Listen to that. It's only like 60 seconds at most. Not even that. But it that'll get you... Listen to that before a workout, and you'll do the best work I ever had. It's amazing. Even with that, I don't think Bradley's... Even with that new tra- resurgence in his career, I don't think he's going to last that long. So the guys coming up, two big names are Keith, one-time Thurman, and Sean, Sugar Daddy Porter. <laughs> um, those guys are fighting each other. Two young... What about um, Kel Brook? Kel Brook? I'm just going to get to Kel Brook. Okay, sorry. Because Kel Brook is actually the only man to ever beat Sean Porter. Right. And he outboxed him. He right. boxed beautifully in that fight. He's undefeated 35-0, ranked number one. But Sean Porter, he's this really he's a really rugged kind of guy. He just wears you down. He's physically incredibly strong. Um, Keith one time Thurman, he isn't physically incredibly strong, but he has great knockout power, hence the name. One time. His record, 26-0, 22 knockouts. Plus, he can box. That's going to be a hell of a fight. I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of looking more towards uh, Thurman to win that. And I would pick Thurman to beat Garcia most definitely. Kel Brook, I think, because like I said, we said Garcia throws those wide-winging hooks. And sometimes when you're fighting someone and you're used to blocking regular, like, short kind of hooks, wide hooks, you don't really see them. They're harder for you to anticipate so you can get hit with those. Right. Up to a certain point. But when you get to a certain skill level... Oh, you're gonna look like an amateur. I think Kel Brook will make our city like an amateur. I don't think he is the heir apparent to fucking anything. I rather have seen. I don't. I just. I did not like. I, I don't. I'm having a really hard time right now because. Calm down, breathe, and let's get through this, Chris. The way that I enjoyed Guerrero's boxing more, but. I wanted to see that knockout punch from Garcia, but I didn't think that those two fighters should have been promoted as hard as they were on Fox Sports, <laughs> on this, on that, and it was just built up so fucking much, and then when it happened, it was just like, man, this dude's in fucking pink leopard trunks, like, how is that not a fucking show? Like, he comes out to put on a fucking show anyways. So he's kind of more, like, he's a boxer slash entertainer. He's not doing the shit that Floyd and Manny were doing. Like, I just... And then when I've seen Amir Khan, Amar, Amar, Amir? Amir. Amir Khan, I've seen a couple of his fights, and I'm like, God damn, that's a boxer. Like, I did... They just just didn't seem like 
boxers. I don't you know. Like, it was weird. It was a weird fight to watch, dude. It really was. But fights. wait, going back to the whole discrepancy within the weight division and how your weight division right now within the boxing community is going to get all this traction and now it's like a fucking minefield and you don't know who's going to be where and shit's going to be changing and people are going to be getting knocked out. Like it, 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 it just became a really exciting division because just of because Floyd's of absence. Floyd going away. It's wide open now. So it's the exact opposite in the UFC with the heavyweights. They're like 240 and up, and all the heavyweights are 35 and older. So <laughs> they just released the UFC card. It was UFC 196. It was promoted and all this shit, right? The main card was two heavyweights, right? It was the champ, Fabricio Verdum, versus the challenger. Forgot his name. Can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. So, Cain <laughs> Velasquez. I apologize. Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez. And Cain drops out due to an injury because the new testing that is implemented in the UFC is so fucking strict that it's not allowing their athletes to properly train and rehydrate. So, what they're having to do is they're having to re-weigh themselves and be like, okay, I can't fucking cut 20 fucking pounds because I can't use an IV to rehydrate myself overnight. Or I can't do this and I can't do that because this drug testing is so fucking harsh. So, you have all these 35 and up fucking fighters that are 240 pounds plus six fucking four. These are big fucking dudes. They need to be taking steroids. Maybe not while they're fighting, but they need to be taking steroids to recover their body just so they fucking can fucking fight. So this testing is so strict that it's completely crippling this division. So this division is so crippled that number one and number two, the champ and the challenger, both went out on injury for pay-per-view of a UFC event. But, but it's, it's heavy and it was the main card. It's heavyweight, so the, the white so they both went out. They injury? both went out, Holy and so now shit. that's not the main event anymore. And now yeah. they have to put a fucking new main event. Well, Connor's already fighting. Ronda's not fighting. You only have so many fucking stars. So the UFC has put themselves in this bring you money. You can only pigeonhole have position. You exactly. Well, the UFC is only out to make money. It's not money. like boxing. Boxing yeah. is established. It's known. It's not gonna die. Yeah, it'll go through. It's low economic times, and like, yeah, you're not going to be getting views for this or that, but boxing is never going to go away. It won't. And boxing will go away when we die. And it's going to be the same with UFC. Football, basketball, tennis, uh, volleyball, all of those sports we will see go away before competitive fighting. I don't know why. It's just human nature. It's, right. human, it's human nature. That's what I think it is, nothing too. Nothing catches the imagination of the public like a fight, Okay. Um, I've heard, I think I heard this on Joe Rogan's podcast. If you were at a park and you see a bunch of guys playing uh, football on the field, but a fight breaks out in the tennis court, where's everyone going to be? Tennis at court. the fight. It's a visceral Exactly. Need. That's such the a good example. Floyd, like, so many people didn't have a fuck, didn't give a shit about my sport. They didn't give a fuck. They couldn't name you more than two boxers. But when those two boxers they could name started, decided to fight, uh, Manny and uh, Floyd, what'd you get? Over four million pay-per-view buys. It was amazing. The fucking record. Yeah, is that the record? record? Yeah, it's yeah, the record. I'm pretty sure it's the record. The previous yeah. re record was held by uh, Floyd and Oscar De La Hoya, and that was 2.4 million. It, it smashed it, it, everything. It smashed every single pay-per-view, whether it's in boxing, fucking UFC and MMA, fucking uh, anything that's a pay-per-view. It smashed and these are from people who could barely name you another fighter besides those two. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's yeah. crazy. And by the way, that's fucking nuts, dude. Watching that fight, I remember like 
a lot of people are like, oh, it was so boring. It was so this, it was so that. <laughs> what I saw, I didn't see what people I saw. I didn't Floyd outbox man yeah. fucking Pacquiao. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was, I watched that fight from a historical perspective. This is a once, not a once in a, a decade kind of thing. Like the Super Bowl, for example, that happens every year. Sometimes, you know, the teams aren't as good as they were the team before, you know, and it's a thing you're going to see every year. And it, but this was not a thing you see every year. Not even or every, every fucking, decade, every generation. Yeah. This was a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. It where honestly you have the two was, yeah. Greatest fighters of this generation and of many other generations in the same weight class, around the same age, who finally fucking fought. This is going down in the fucking annals of history. And what I saw was after years and years of debate about who would win and how they would win a fucking rout. I saw a masterclass of fighter who I, I knew he was, we all knew he was great. We didn't know how until that night. Yep. He took Manny apart. It was he froze. He was a Manny has one of the reasons he's been so successful is because of his lateral and his head movement. He never stops. He's always moving. That's why he's so hard to counter and so hard to hit on his way in. Because he just comes at you. Usually you can just knock a guy. You can, you know, time right. him, hit him. He's so hard because of his feints. He's unorthodox. He's fast. He's faints. He's always moving. And Floyd Mayweather found a way to stop his head movement. Neutralized his head movement. Slowed his feet down. He went to the body. He fucked up his back by hitting him with that jab and that straight right hand over and over again on the button. Because no one is as accurate as Floyd Mayweather. It was a thing of beauty, dude. And, and for anybody to sit here and be like, that's garbage and all that, well, then you shouldn't have fucking bought the fight and you shouldn't be a fucking spectator of the sport and then go and fucking buy it yeah. when it's fucking big. And guess big. this, I didn't get to watch them. I didn't watch the fight at home with my oh. boxing fellow friends. I went to fucking Lex at the uh, GSR and I fucking... So for everyone that doesn't know, Lex is a club... Type the, of venue. It's a was super it a douchey like, club? That's but wasn't it like a club type of super atmosphere when you went there? Yeah. So it's a it's an it's a nightclub within a, a hotel here, and it's like actually one of like the more like baller ones. It, it is. actually is pretty it's fucking super cool. expensive. It's really nice. Uh, but go I, ahead. We had a booth there, and it was amazing. Before, and so it's like a nightclub, so like yeah. all the lights are off and shit, yeah, and they just have a TV instead of like a DJ. Inside too. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, I we get our seats. I'm sitting at the bar watching this fight with I had. Two friends with me, but we are fucking oh, wow. surrounded by not fans, not even casual fans. Like casual fans annoy me, but wait, this hold on, did is you have to another, pay to get in there? Yeah, this is a, of course. So you paid for yeah. the? You're going there for the fight, not, not the full like hundred dollar price. That right, the, but you're going there for the fight. Like yeah. you're not going there to party or no, anything. No, no. You're Everyone's going there watching the fight, the but fight. the thing okay. is, these people don't watch. Or like or Why care about boxing because they're many Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather fans. There's a the difference between a fight fan and I one of them. And I was sitting next to the dumbest cunts you could think of. After that master class, this dumb fat bitch was saying, "What a robbery! Manny should have won that fight." Swear what? To, swear to God. What? Swear to God. Swear to God. Swear to God. Nonsense. I swear to God. I've grown up with so, a lot of women that do that. They they say things just to get guys to be like, "Yeah, well, good right. I yeah. like you, dude." My like so my advice to anyone who's an actual sports fan: never go to a bar or anything to watch an event, a sporting event. You're watching the Super Bowl. Watch it at home. 
Enjoy I'll second the game that. I'll second home. that because I went to the UFC. Uh, Any fight? Well, what watch the fuck it one at it? home. If you're gonna, if you watch it, watch it with other fans of that sport who actually mm-hmm. want to enjoy the sport yeah. and not the spectacle of the event because they will. It makes it so bad. Like it completely. I, I did the same thing. You went. You went for the pack. Like that's one of the biggest fights, dude. If I was in your shoes, there's no fucking way I'm going to. Like, did you have a girlfriend? Like, did you get dragged there? Like, that's the thing. Like, we. Like, I didn't have the money. To order the pay per view, oh. but I did have enough money to get a ticket to Lex. I see. And I was like, "Screw it, I'll go." I have to tune out these people. I went with our, everyone was friends, so I was like, "Oh, Julio, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I thought it'd be fun because Julio's a big boxing fan. I was like, "It's gonna be us, so it's gonna be fun." And as much as I enjoyed Floyd's performance and uh, performance of a couple of the other fighters on the card, it was just the people. Who don't know what they're Dude, on. that's how exactly it was. I had to go to fucking bullies to watch the fucking <laughs> Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm fight. And so it's bullies. It's bros. And it's in Reno, bro. Like, yeah, it's all fucking bros that have no fucking idea what the fuck they they're talking this. about, very man. Like, upsetting. It's just very upsetting when, you tr- when you're truly, when you're a person who truly appreciates anything like anything at all when you truly appreciate something and you dive into it like dude just you dive into it as much as you can no looking back like this is what i love and then you get these people who they it's don't not like they pretend to be it's just they, they assume they know more it's they like, assume and they're just like one-time fans like okay oh, i do this <laughs> one time and i know more than you do it's for instance making a murder it's like uh, everyone, everyone knows has a lot of me. <laughs> everyone on facebook has a lot of me now that's oh it's such example. a good analogy they don't realize that they're oh ignorant. That's God, the yeah, they don't realize so that they're ignorant in, in comparison to those who truly love that one thing and when people try it's to like talk to us show. yeah imagine watching your favorite show and you're in it and someone comes and sits down next to you and just won't stop asking questions and won't stop making fun of it. Ten minutes in, you're getting your ass like, beat. Can you imagine, Ten minutes in, we're like, fighting. Can you imagine just trying to watch Game no. of Thrones? No. And you're, why is that guy short? Um, why does she have giant dragons? You better shut the fuck up. I'm about to beat you up. You can't ask are dumb those, questions are like those that. supposed to be zombies? Like, <laughs> it's, it would, it would drive you what's even worse to me, like, yes, the, the question asking is one thing, but what's even worse to me is those who pretend to know. It is, yeah. So much. Absolutely right. Those who, who think, like, I know more than you do, and it's like, I get you, that. Don't, so uh, you don't understand, man. I've been about this. Okay, I don't mean to bring up a hipster thing. I've been about this before. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking say it like that then. You know, you know, of course, I'm just giving you an example. But I mean, it, it, it's I've been doing this. I'm obsessed with this. This is my life. It's not just, you know, it, this is my life. It's not just something that like, oh, I kind of like this. I kind of like that. No, this is a part of my day. Every day I go through this. I, I, I think about this. I live every and breathe. Single, exactly. I live and breathe this. And for you to come in here and for you to talk shit or for you to even act like you know what you're talking about and I'll try to have a conversation with you and you look at me like I'm the idiot, like I don't know what I'm talking about, it's like, brother, you need to take a step back. <laughs> it's like going back to what Adam... I have been doing this for many more years than you have. Yeah. This is just a little section because now it's like, the Super Bowl is a prime example. People that go and watch the Super Bowl that don't know one. anything about the Super Bowl and it's like... They should have been this. They should have been that. Blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, you don't Money watch any sports. You don't watch any sports throughout the entire. You don't watch football throughout the entire year. Super Bowl rolls around. 
Now you're the biggest fan. No, you're the biggest douchebag in the no fucking room. More than everybody else, you're the biggest fan. You you can call the game. You're you're the coach, and it's like throughout the entire year, you don't know shit. You don't watch this. You don't pay attention, and yet you're gonna be the most important person in that party. Like you know everything, just because you're watching one fucking day of that certain. Sport. And here's the thing: is I got that for months leading up to Mayweather Pacquiao. I've been studying, not just watching, but studying the sport of boxing for over a decade, and I got these jackasses who couldn't name you ten fighters. Period. They couldn't. And they're trying to tell me this and that or that and this. And I'm like, you don't know. That's what? No. Like, can you even really talk to those people, though? And I'm like, like I'm trying to, and I had to, like, I, like, I don't It's I almost hate, like they're trolling you in real life. I hate, exactly. I, I know. Exactly. I, I, hate being, I hate being the guy... To have to, like, reiterate. I know no, more than to you. Say a, yeah, to say a pedigree in order for you to listen to my opinion. Like, Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson says, if you have to name off degrees to get people to listen to your opinion, then you need opinion. to get a better argument. <laughs> or you need to get a better audience. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, when I'll have an argument. Like, if I go onto a... I, like, I've talked on a lot of bo- boxing messaging boards. I give my argument. I'll have a bunch of guys that agree with me. Some will disagree, of course. But a lot will agree with me, and they understand what I'm saying. And you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You can get retweeted that. by great fucking like fighters and reporters in general because you yeah. know what you're talking about. And I and I try to use the same arguments with these people, and they're just like, nah, nah, nah. I just don't think that way. I just don't. I just don't get it. Like, and I'm like, how fucking dare you? That's not how it fucking <laughs> works, guy. Let me tell you how it fucking works because you don't fucking know what and, you're talking about. I remember getting. I got so mad. Like, I can't believe I got this mad. But I was like, you know what? Come to my gym. We'll put the fucking gloves on. We'll see who knows, who knows, we'll see who knows more about my sport. You know, it's funny. Is I actually said that. I fucking flipped out at work. At work. And I told people. I told people in general. Because, like, I want to fucking I, murder you. I wanted to kill them. Okay. Like, so, um, like we reiterated on the podcast, Adney and I are family. We're brothers. Uh, I introduced him to everybody. And he is, like, if you guys, you don't know what he looks like. He wears glasses. He reads comic books all the time. He is, he is. I'm wearing a Batman a sweater as we speak. Like, we love nerdism in general. It's the idea of, I like to like things. Like, that's what he said. And I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Yeah, it's a great, it's um, a great. I like to like things. So looking at him, you would not assume that he knows how to fight. There's no but fucking. I tell way. everyone, good luck. You want to, you want to, <laughs> you want to get into a ring with him? Someone who's been training more than a decade. Someone who's just obsessed with not only the idea of he doesn't. He's not obsessed with fighting. He doesn't. He's not obsessed with confrontation. I've never seen him try to fight anybody ever. Like he doesn't believe in confrontation. He wants to. Not be a fan of street fights. Yeah, he wants. No, to because street fights are fucking friends. crazy, he dude. He wants to make friends. He just wants to be friends with everybody. And yet, people like don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Don't mistake. I, I'm a. You know, if you're um, what is it called when you brush people off? Um, not. Ah, oh, damn it! I can't think of the word. No, it's like being kind. It's like you brush people off. It's like you're not a. Not, Non-confrontational? Yeah, sort of like that. I can't remember the exact fucking word, sorry. But yeah, you're non-confrontational. You don't want to cause any problems with anybody. You want to be friends with everyone. That's the one thing. Like, people like, always dude, try and will, slap box me. He will whoop And I always ass. have to say no like five fucking like, times before they find You're the last them. person I'm asking to slap box. <laughs> the last fucking person. And if we do get into a fight... I'm trying to spear your ass to the yeah, ground because exactly. there's no fucking way I'm standing with you, dude. And, and there's exactly. no we, fucking we way. We had this conversation last night, yeah. 
And that's great. That's what I, Adney, I'm telling you right now, that's why I love about, or that's what I love about you being knowledgeable and you being a fighter is that you don't, you're not a, you're, you're a fighter. But he's but not, an, not aggressive an aggressive person. person. Yeah, he's, that's the thing. You is, never like bring that out anywhere we go. You're always super calm, cool, collective, and funny, and you're trying to like make the best out of what you that's got. That's what a lot you're of people, never a lot of people like assume that like someone who fights, like professional fighters, a lot of people assume professional fighters love to getting into fights. And of course, yeah, some of them do. But a lot of fighters are very non-confrontational, and they have a problem with like authority figures, for example. Like they, a lot of guys will change trainers without telling the trainer, <laughs> and just kind of like, oh, you know, I, uh, you know, and it's, like, it's like when you're in the ring, that confrontation is, it's an inevitable understanding and you don't have it's just oh this is what we do yep but outside of it you don't know how to it's harder to do that same kind of thing brandon brandon job on fighter and the kid he used to be an mma fighter he he said the same exact thing he's retired now he's only like 33 or whatever but he said the same exact thing he was like i'm not a fighter man he's like i'm, I'm six fucking four 230 fucking pounds and i know how to throw a punch so i wound up being a fighter but naturally like in my body i'm not a fighter this guy's a fighter this guy's a fighter these guys that are brawling those are fighters i'm not a fighter i was just blessed with this frame but what i want to go back to and address is what what you said about having this community within boxers because you understand the struggle and you understand what they're putting in and you understand all this hard work and time that they're putting into this um, art. The same thing. I think this can almost be a blanket for sports because I got yeah. that same exact thing from football. Now, I wasn't fighting and it wasn't one-on-one, -on -one, so there was this whole like team thing, but now that I'm thinking about it, there is a team when you're fighting, you know, you have a team when you're training you're for trainer, your fight. You exactly. So you, like that. Oh, this, by the way, the word that I was looking for was passiveness. Like, mm -hmm. Don't mistake my passiveness <laughs> for weakness. Like, you know, but this this community that Adney was talking about where it's an understanding is a hundred percent true and it's amazing and it's actually once you're a part of it, it's something that you never don't want to be a part of. You always want to be a part of it, even if you're fucking 50. And you're not actually going to get into the ring and fight somebody, but you can spar, and you can do this, and you can do that. You're just but not you going to be fucking, blanket. you know. It's the blanket of but there's loving this blanket. It's, it's a loving. That's exactly it what it is. It all yeah. comes back to love, love dude. It, even if it's man on man, man on woman, woman on woman, it all comes back to love. It all comes back, and, and that's and this fucking sportsmanship. Like dude, that, that's that love always comes from respect. That's where it starts. Even your enemies, you have to respect them because if you don't respect them, you're not gonna train very hard, are you? And you're like, oh, like Mike Tyson against Buster Douglas didn't respect yeah. him, didn't train hard, got knocked out. <laughs> Joe Lewis, right? Didn't Joe Lewis like play golf uh, during one of his fucking fights like, before Max Schmeling? The first Max Schmeling, Max Max this is like World War Two. And, and by the way, um. I just I gotta I gotta fucking say this while I, I bring that thanks up. to that segue <laughs> I have to I say this people credit Jackie Robinson with breaking the color barrier that's what they say the color barrier oh and yeah he broke a color barrier he yeah, broke the baseball minutes. the baseball color barrier okay but Joe Lewis before that broke the color barrier in boxing by being he was the second black heavyweight champion but he was the first one that was beloved the by the entire fan. country he was the like not I'm done. Sorry, Not only that, he was also the first black man to ever participate in a PGA Tour sanctioned golfing event. 
No black man. He he loved golf. He wanted to play on it. And they said, oh, well, we actually have a rule where black people aren't allowed to play. And he's like, really? I'm Joe Lewis. And he said, okay, you can play. Uh, and because of that. So he broke two color barriers in two sports. Yeah, but Suck way it. before that motherfucker, where it was Jackie Robinson, exactly. Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling was such a crazy fight because it was during the uh, World War II. Yeah, but in like, 1938. The, the rise of the fascist party, okay? So it was it was not the idea of a black man versus a white man. No, it was an American. He was not looked at. His color was not looked at at all. He was the American hero fighting the Nazi party. It was an analogy for the fucking war. And this, that's yeah, this what was, like, made it like the biggest fight. It was like one of the biggest fights of all time in boxing history. So, oh, yeah. And there's a the thing. In 1936, it was their first fight. And Joe Lewis, like we said, he was playing golf. He wasn't paying attention. He undertrained. Didn't take Max Schmeling seriously. But Max Schmeling was an old veteran, former champ. Looked at Joe Lewis. And everyone's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to get destroyed. And he's looking. He's like, I see something. I see something. And I'm going to use it. And then, like, what he saw was Joe Lewis loved to drop his left hand after the jab. And he used it. If I could just take a couple of jabs, wait for that left hand to drop, and load up with everything I got on that right hand, I can do something. And he did. And he wore Joe down, and he knocked him out in the 12th round. Okay. Luckily, you know... Pulling some strings, Joe Lewis got the shot at the title first against Jane Braddock, won that fight. But he said, you're the champ now, Joe. How do you – he's like, I'm not champion until I beat Max Schmeling. Right, I have to – that was his only loss. He's like, I have to beat Max. So in 1938, they set up the rematch. And like he said, it was that setup of here we have Hitler. He is controlling this hey, country Hitler. and he's – all this animosity is being built up and he's – Promoting this idea of the master race, even though Max Germany had nothing to do with Nazism or yeah, the fascist yeah, party at all. He wasn't part of it. He promoted this master race and how Germany's better than everyone, and we're the best athletes, and we're going to prove it. Our match, we beat the best heavyweight in the world, Joe Lewis. He was on the fast track to be king of the world, and our guy beat him. Germany's better than everyone else, and everyone's like starting to like, holy shit, like. He's gaining traction. This is before, uh, the, this is before, it's like Trump. No, this is in 1938. <laughs> this is before the um, Olympics, right? Or was um, it afterwards? I, the German Olympics. Or when the Olympics were in I think Germany. it was before. Okay. I'm not sure. Berlin, but anyways, it was built up as the fight. And this really is, you argue, is the biggest fight in boxing history. They finally met. And night of the fight... Reporters like, okay, Joe Lewis got knocked out by this guy bad last time. He is that his beat. first knockout? Joe Lewis' first getting knocked, knocked out? He was his first time getting, losing That's, a fight. Oh, there you go. That's what and, I was And like, so, and they're like, hey, ask him, you know. Hey, a reporter jokingly asks him, hey, Joe, he's getting his hand wraps. He's like, hey, Joe, uh, what round do you think you're going to finish him? Joking, because Joe got knocked out last time. But Joe Lewis, ever stoic, ever serious, looked up, pushed his thumb up in the air, and said one round. With the sum, his hands were wrapped, so he couldn't yeah, cut up any more fingers. Um, so the fight starts. Oh, bell rings, and Joe Lewis charges out like the running of the bulls. Everything he had jumps on Schmeling, does not let him breathe for a second. He broke one of his vertebrae in his back. Joe or Max? No, Joe did that to Max. Okay. And you can hear the, like, everyone who was there said they heard the yelp, a blood-curling scream like they've never heard before when that happened. Like he from dropped, Max? Yeah. Wow. And Joe dropped Max like three times in the first round. In the first round? And ended him 
And just like he said, he finished that fight in the very first round. Damn. And Max Schmeling had to go back to Germany, and Hitler had to... Hey, Hitler. After, like, the first knockdown, Hitler ordered um, all the German airways to cut the airing of the, of the on the radio. Cut it. Don't let anyone else hear the rest of the fight. Because he knew what was happening. But what yeah. was, what's most amazing is that Max Schmeling and Julius are actually friends. They became friends is, later, yeah. That Dude, doesn't surprise me. That doesn't friends. surprise me. Like, they even visited... I think Max Schmeling was in the hospital and Joe Lewis went and visited him, right? After the fight. Yeah. yeah. Which is... Dude, that to me is amazing because it's like, no matter the politics, no matter how much... That still breaks it down to sportsmanship. No matter... We're, our countries are almost at war with each other. I think it was prior to America getting in the war. Yeah, it's it like, is. It's like our countries are about to be at war because Max Schmeling actually joined the war. He when he back to Germany, he actually fought in the war. Did he not? Um, did Joe Lewis fight? Uh, Joe Lewis um, enlisted, but they didn't have him actually fight. He was mostly doing like USO shows and like promotion, like oh. like you know, like Captain America in yeah, the First Avenger. Yeah, yeah. How they used him. This is you know Captain America, the man with the plan. Sell, help sell bombs. Yeah. That's basically what Joe Lewis did. And Joe Lewis took that opportunity, that platform, that fight, which made him an American hero. He used that to fight for equality within the ranks. Uh, so many black soldiers were given either little Less to no pay, equipment, yeah. little to no Less equipment, to, oh. like no socks. And, you know, he provided that. He helped him get that. But um, there's yeah, that. That's, dude. I just I love that story of Max Schmeling and Joe Lewis. It's it's a great it's story. It's funny because I don't know much about boxing, but when someone talks to me about boxing, I talk about like old fights that Adney's told me to watch, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, Rocky Marciano. I'll talk about Joe Lewis. And that's so you're not even like, a real boxing fan. Uh, let me rephrase this. You you are a new and upcoming boxing fan, and you're bringing up all these fucking references, and these too. motherfuckers don't know what the fuck you're talking about well, because yeah. they're these standby. Uh, like you, like you were saying, casual fans. Casual fans. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just, I like the sport a lot. That's what's it's funny. He's a casual sport. fan who knows way more than all the other casual I'm, fans. He's. I don't I've think he's. I don't think research. that's. A, I don't think he's a casual fan anymore. I think. I think through think your relationship, okay, but he doesn't. He doesn't consistently like watch, watch every fights. new fight. True. You know what I mean. But I like the sport. I mm. get excited. Like Adney, like Adney didn't have to necessarily say. Oh, you just sit down and do this. Like he told me, hey, watch this fight, and I watched the entire thing, and I fucking text them round for round. A lot of fight. It wasn't not necessarily. He just told me. Yeah, I gave him a bunch of lists. Fights. I gave him a list of like really good trilogies and stuff. And I like that. and I actually sat down and watched them, and he was like, dude, fuck yeah, like I'm actually, you know, it's my best friend. I want it brings you guys closer, and yeah, it actually kind of like bridges the whole entire fucking episode together to coming back to relationships because your relationship with Adney is by far the strongest relationship that you have with anybody. My family, yeah, my family and friends in general. He like, and I would out. say the same for him. And you guys, not might might want to admit it or not. And you guys have girlfriends and all that good stuff. But a uh, real concrete a relationship <laughs> with you two is your relationship. Oh, dude, this is a so as soon as like when you guys start dude. fighting, the real problems oh. are gonna start happening in your lives. Like oh, that's never, when shit yeah. would start fucking we fought, getting wrong. I think once when we were five years old. Like, I think it was five. <laughs> like, physical fight. Yeah, physical fight. We were five years old, maybe. We've, like, when we lived together yeah, at our grandma's house, we uh, fought a uh, lot, but arguments. Arguments. Right. I know he'll fucking tear me apart uh, physically. Now. But mentally, <laughs> like, I mean, we're, he, like, I try to be that, like, um, zen type person. I just don't like confrontation in general. I try to be as happy as possible. I don't want to argue. I used to be that guy. I used to be like screaming, argue all the time with my parents. 
going back and visiting my family there, it's like, that's all we, they do is argue. I always tell myself, you're happy, you're calm. You have to have calm cool. down. You're like the dude from Big Lebowski yeah, now. I've calmed, like, <laughs> dude, I completely changed my mentality around. I'm not even joking. That's not even like... I think a lot of that is due to the fact that you're no longer around your family. No longer around a group. No you just don't have to be completely surrounded by them. Now yeah. you still get them in your life and I'm, you interact with them. And of course oh, you still love them. Not even joking. He went back but, there to visit. And he was there for a little while, and he got back into those old habits, and he was screaming, and he was yelling, and then he noticed it. And he's like, I need to get the fuck away from these people. That's because it's turning me into a bad thing. And he now look at him. And I said, dude, I went back there, exactly, I was like back there a month, and I was like, I gotta get away. And I'm not even joking, this is is 100% honesty. I owe it to reading. And I owe reading to Adney and Adam. Like, Adam's always been a big reader, but I, I couldn't read any, like, Adam suggested a bunch of books, didn't read them. Adney said, you need to read Greek mythology. First person to suggest to me, why don't you read the Iliad and the Odyssey? Those are the first books I ever finished. Ever. Was the Iliad and the Odyssey. Some of the oldest fucking literature in it's Western the, civilization. It's the oldest Western yeah, yeah, oldest, literature. Uh, that's oldest, wow. yeah. Yeah, oldest, I, I, I know the stories. I haven't read them, though. Everyone's seen Troy. Be- that's kind of the Iliad. Beowulf <laughs> is the oldest book, I think. Like, the actual oldest novel, something like that. But um, my my arm, my sleeve, is actually dedicated to Greek mythology because it's what birthed my obsession. Those who don't know, I have over what eight, I have a little over eight hundred books at my house. I've, we have a huge librarian, Adney, in our house. Um, and I I just a huge cannot, library, not librarian. I don't know. No, I said library. I'm sorry, yeah. you must. I said huge librarian, Adney, in at so it's librarian in the yeah. Um, but I owe that to me calming down. I've calmed down so much. I used to be aggressive, jealous, all these things, and I've completely turned my life around due to literature. It's kind of like I always think of, um, I'm still a talker, don't get me wrong, that's not going to calm down, but I've tried to listen more, and I've tried to do self-evaluation, which you should do. You should be able to look at yourself through somebody else's eyes, not necessarily your own. Um, But... This is going to bring us, which is, uh, we're kind of segueing right here into a topic that I wanted to bring up, or um, I wanted to start doing at the end of every podcast, uh, a book suggestion, if everyone's interested. Anyone here that listens, if everyone would be interested in uh, actually reading, I wanted to suggest to everyone uh, books to read in general. At least one every single time we do a podcast. Um, So the one book that I wanted to suggest for all you guys to read... Uh, it's called Escape from Sabibor. Sabibor was a, it was a um, death camp in World War Two. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a camp uh, for you know, um, what's called slave. Like they have, they did the whole slave camps and everything like that. They had like the war camps. This was an actual death camp. People got taken there to be put to death. Now, what Sabibor was? It was the biggest revolt in World War Two history. So reading this book, I've never cried so much in my life. This book is literally heartbreaking. It, it was the biggest revolt in World War II. Um, 300 Jews escaped Sabibor, which was the death camp. 270,000 were killed there. 270,000, imagine were dude. killed there. And this book tells the story of seven survivors and their accounts. <laughs> of the survivors? That's it. That's it. Like, how the fuck did they survive? I don't know how anybody... Like I'm, I don't mean to bring you back to religion, but I don't know how anybody could believe in God after reading this book. The Catholic Church helped the Nazis escape, uh, escape prison after the war. Can you fucking imagine? They and that's how like, escape. existentialism started in France after World War II because of what happened there. 
Right. And um, this is, I, I just wanted to read this, uh, this excerpt from this book. So like I said, you can look at this book. Um, Richard Rashk is the uh, author. I think it's Rashk. I don't know how to really say his last name. R-A-S-H-K-E. Um, but this is an excerpt from the book. It said, uh, God hung over Sabibor like a giant unspoken question. He was all-powerful, yet seemed helpless in the face of human hatred that knew no bounds. All-knowing, yet strangely indifferent. All-present, yet distant and aloof. All-loving, but deaf to the cries of his people. All-innocent, but guilty of neglect. All-pure, but covered with ashes. How man could be so cruel and their God be so deaf. And we're going to end it right there. Good luck sleeping at night, folks. And we love all of our Alkies. (laughs) 